Retro nonsense in the house, y'all. Autobots, transform and roll out. No, I am your father. No! No, Joe! He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Retro. Hello and welcome to the Retro Nonsense Podcast. I'm Duke and with me as always is my good friend Chris Roberts. And as we record this, it is January the 15th and we are on episode 33. So I guess real quick, I want to springboard off of that. We, I, we missed talking about our, our three-year, uh, I guess, anniversary, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but, uh, it's an anniversary for sure. Yeah. Before the holidays, we hit uh, our three years. And I just wanted to point that out and uh, thank all of our listeners for hanging in there with us. And I don't know about you, Chris, but I'm still having a blast with this and plan to keep on moving forward and doing this every month. And I'm loving it. So I just wanted to kind of... Thank everyone for, for listening and um, let you guys know that we're still full steam ahead. Yeah, for sure, man. Something yeah. for uh, our grandkids to stumble upon in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just talking to Luke today, or who was it? was Bobby or Luke, that I was like, man, when I'm gone, you're going to have a hard time dealing with all this stuff in this room because he was in my room. I was like, yeah, yeah. good luck. <laughs> good luck trying to figure out what to do with all this stuff. So yeah, three three full years of the red, three plus years of the retro nonsense podcast and and going strong. So um, and it, on that note, happy new year, Chris. Um, we are in a brand new year. This is our first recording since uh, you know pre holidays. So happy new yeah. year to you. And uh, did you have a good Christmas and New Year's and holiday season? Yeah, it was pretty good. No complaints. Yeah. How about you? You you have a good yeah. Hmm? I had a great time. I spent a lot of time with family. It was a good Christmas for us. Um, Anna was in the Nutcracker again. She's uh, my daughter's a dancer, and that obviously is a very Christmassy thing to do. So that gets gets you in the mood and all that good stuff. And um, yeah, so it was good. Good. We had family over, and uh, everything went smooth. So, and any gifts or events worth mentioning on your end? Uh, yeah, you know, you get uh, some of the usual stuff from family. Like uh, uh, my my son bought me a blanket. You know, I was like, all right, it's practical. <laughs> why not? But um, but I actually bought myself a, a PS5. I I hadn't really had a lot of interest in it, but um, I'm, I'm a fan of the Spider-Man game. And there's, you know, mm-hmm. a new one just came out, part two, and I wanted to play that. Plus, I was also thinking of it as, a, you know, you get that ultra 4K Blu-rays can play on it. And um. I don't know. I know there'll be games in the future I'll want whenever GTA 6 comes out or something I'm not even yep. thinking of at the moment. You know, there'll be something I want to play. So uh, I went ahead and went ahead and bought one. Um, anyway, so yeah, did that you, was my um, big present. That's great. Did you beat the Spider-Man game? I did beat it. Uh, played it all the way through. Beat it. Uh, I I haven't gotten all the trophies or anything like that, but I got I got a good amount of them. Probably... Around seventy percent range of uh, total completion, maybe. Cool. And was it hard? Uh, I would say there are certain things that are challenging. I don't think a lot of modern games. I wouldn't really consider them hard because there's no real consequence. If you die, you just kind of start. They, they everything has these built-in checkpoints. 
Um, and I think if you're a, a competent player, you're going to eventually you're going to get through it. Now, if it was like a no death run situation, I would think it'd be a very challenging game for mm. that. Right. Uh, uh, because there's just a lot coming at you. You're fighting. a. <clears throat> you have a lot of, uh, I don't know if they're melee battles or whatever. There's a lot where you're fighting a lot of people at the same time. And that's something right. that happens a lot. But um, it, it's like a, you know, I don't know. It's like a classic beat em up style game. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I dig it. And, you know, it's something you just zone out on. It's, not a lot of thinking involved in it. You're just kind of just going around the city. You know, there's different things. You're looking for certain things, and you have a lot of side quests and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's a fun game. I don't think it's That's super cool. challenging, but it, it definitely looks great. And it does feel like you're kind of, um, you know, like you're getting an extra Spider-Man movie in a way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Does that a good story? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a good story. I mean, it, it has the... You know, Venom, uh, well, not the classic form. It's the uh, pre-Venom, you know, where the symbiote takes over somebody else. Uh, In Mm -hmm. the comic books and the cartoons, it's always very, like, sometimes it's Brock and sometimes it's someone else. I even read that, uh, or I saw a video where um, in one comic book thread, uh, the symbiote attached a kingpin. And he had the symbiote, Mm. which I thought was pretty cool. I don't know if it was the Venom symbiote or one of the other, because there's other mm-hmm. symbiotes. Uh, one of them created Carnage. Uh, you know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're going. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but um, <laughs> I felt like it was a pretty solid game. Good story. I mean, it looks great too. And um, you know, if, I'll put it this way: if you like the first one and you like the Miles Morales, which I don't know, I kind of felt like that was a ripoff. <laughs> if it felt more like <laughs> DLC than a real full game, but it was still good. That's what I heard. Yeah, I, I say the only thing that I would, I would, I, you know, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to make a Spider-Man three at some point, and I don't know. I mean, I guess it has to be based in New York, but that's the only thing that feels very repetitive. Is you're you're still kind of in the same space. You know what I mean? Where, yeah. I mean, I understand because that's where Spider-Man's based, but I would kind of like to see him leave the area. Like, I don't, you know, I imagine <laughs> yeah. in the comics he went somewhere else, right? I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Not, I mean, you know. like you said, his main the main story takes place in New York because that's, you know, right. that's where he's from and everything. But, I, yeah, there were certainly times where he wasn't in New York. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. You're going into different buildings and whatever but it's still this same area i mean you're seeing central park you're seeing all you know it's the bridge yeah it's all the same area you're going you know it's all you know lower manhattan upper manhattan all that area soho and all those little um districts or whatever that's in manhattan but um boroughs then they call them right well the boroughs are on the other sides of the bridge that's like brooklyn and and Mm -hmm. um uh long island and uh the Bronx and stuff like that. But um, within New York, you have districts, right? You have Soho, uh, Hell's Kitchen, um, Little Italy, that kind of stuff. Those aren't considered boroughs uh, because it'd be way more than five. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, I, I don't want to get into a whole geography thing about New York, <laughs> <laughs> especially because I'm not 100%, you know, I'm not a <laughs> right. New Yorker or anything, but yeah. Yeah, you're from the other side of the country. The only thing worth mentioning on my end I think that the audience would be interested in anyway, is I got the um, the Pac-Man Lego set. Have you seen that, Chris? I have not. Oh, man. 
I tell you, I am I every year it's become like a tradition for me to get a Lego set for Christmas. My wife always gets it for me. Last year I got the Lego Atari. The year before that I got the Lego NES set. Right. Um and this year I got the Lego Pac-Man. It is I'm, and I am just thoroughly impressed with the design and the engineering behind it. So this one has a crank on the side and Pac-Man and the ghosts like go around the maze and like the there's one there's a ghost in the like the little chamber that goes back and forth and the cherry rocks back and forth all in this like complicated mechanism. It's just super cool. And it's got like a light it you hit the button and the coin slot lights up. So it's a replica of the arcade cabinet when you're done. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's cool. I put That's a really picture cool. on Twitter. I think I put a picture on the you Discord if I, I didn't. I, I, I probably will. I don't know if you did on the Discord, but I, I, I think I might have saw it now that you're Well, I'll put I it on I have to go there. back and um, look at it because that, that sounds pretty cool. It's super cool. And it comes with like another extra piece that sits on top and you hit a button behind it and the Pac-Man and the ghosts flip around. So one one way they're Pac-Man's chasing ghosts and they turn blue and it's vice versa. It's just really cool. You know what? Okay, I'm looking at it now. And I guess I, I must have missed this pose because I'm looking at it. And uh, yeah, that is cool. It almost looks like an arcade one-up cabinet mm-hmm. at first glance. Yeah. Yep. yeah, that's neat. Man. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And the complexity of these newer sets is just mind-blowing. I, in fact, a year or two ago, I got the Lego Optimus Prime that actually transforms. Like, like you don't have to take it apart. It actually transforms yeah, just like the toy did. And it... It's like cartoon accurate. It looks fantastic. So I'm a huge fan of these modern Lego sets. They're just, I mean, they're like you, very high end like models slash puzzles, right. and I just love them. Now, do you so, leave them complete when you're done? Always, yeah. I, I see them as a model. Okay. You, know, you, you have the the big events. The fun, like I I make a big like thing out of it. I go on my kitchen table. It's like a like a tradition at this point or a routine. Okay. And I'll either put like a themed like I actually watched some video of Pac-Man history from like um what's that guy's name that does the good history channels on YouTube um I well, can't like think of his name but gaming historian or that's it I wa- <laughs> as I was building it I watched that video so it just oh, cool. it's kind of silly but it's just I kind of get into it but um it takes me a couple you, you, you know didn't put on billy mitchell or nothing like that i, I probably i think i did because i've been really oh. into that story that that story yeah. never ends you know he is still yeah, in the news he's a, <laughs> it's he's like a nut, man <laughs> i love it i absolutely love it so yeah. yes i probably watched a couple of billy mitchell videos as well but um yeah so i i, I spent a couple of days it takes me because you know i can't sit there for an entire day and build it i'll do an hour here hour there but it took me three or four days to finally get it put together. No, that's but really it's cool. Super fun. Well, and plus then you don't want to just blaze right through it. Part of it's uh, no, the, yeah, yeah, yep, the journey. And I find a good spot in my room and I put it up, and it becomes a uh, staple, you know, a, a part yeah, of my room. So for sure, yeah. So it was really a fun gift. So kudos to Lego for all their modern designs. Have you ever come into a situation where you you've gotten one of these and it's been missing a piece? Never. That's great. Never. That's a good commercial then. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> well, you hear about that sometimes with uh, puzzles or whatever. You know, they, they get a missing piece or the wrong piece or like, that'd be a that'd well, suck, dude. It's another um, testament to Lego. I, I think their um, quality, their, their quality control, control is yeah. top notch. I mean, they the way they package these things with the numbered bags and the, like this thing came with like this big, thick book. 
that had like history of Pac-Man in it. It was a very nice presentation. So it's not just the Lego set. It's like this whole experience. So I, that's how the, the NES was in the Atari and even the Optimus Prime. I had like a history of Transformers in the book. So the book itself is like a, a collector's item as well. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're super cool. I'm a big fan. And they, they have nowadays, they have like the Ghostbusters vehicle and the Back to the Future vehicle. If you're into all that stuff, you can go crazy with, they pretty much have a theme set for anything you'd be interested in. So and obviously my interests are what they are, so that's what I have. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, they're they're just unbelievable these days. So, that was that was one of my favorite gifts this year. That's cool. So, man. well, yeah, yeah. So aside from that, I guess we'll talk about the the current beat the bandy. We took off last month because of the holidays, but we are currently playing Atlantis for the Atari, which is one of my favorite Atari games. Uh, I know you're familiar, Chris, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep, yep. So it's an iMagic game, which um, they have a wonderful library of games. Uh, some of the best games on the Atari are from iMagic. They really were competing a lot with uh, uh, Activision when they were in their prime. And uh, I think a lot of the guys from Activision, if I'm not mistaken, broke away and started iMagic. And they were kind of d directly competing with Activision to be like this, the best third-party developer for the Atari. Well, and, and if that's um, true, that's ironic because a lot of the Activision guys were originally yeah. Atari programmers yeah. who broke away. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, dude, will you guys just chill? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not 100% sure on that. And guys broke away and they made... Oh, well, I'm true. not 100% sure that they broke away from Activision. I think they did. But if they didn't, they, then they also broke away from Atari. They broke away from somewhere. Yeah. I think it was Activision. And no, I'm they just saying it's like company. this layered thing. Like they left Atari, mm -hmm. made yeah. Activision, left Activision, made iMagic. And... Yeah. But they're known to be really high quality Atari games. They were on, you know, towards the end of the Atari era. Yeah. Um, they have those different, so... different looking cartridges, very distinct with silver labels. Yeah, they had different shape to yeah. them. Yep. And they had like the silver shiny labels yeah and yeah. then there's what i like about it is they also have the two thing right they have one like you can get the label that's just uh, just written label with just words and then they have a picture label and some sometimes yep. one's harder yep. to find than the other so if you're into if you're into atari variants it's definitely one of those companies that it got you working yep yep absolutely so i think we talked about this before on the podcast but um let me see if i got this the right way around i think Cosmic Arc, yes, is the sequel to Atlantis. So I think that's known to be the very first video game sequel ever. Because a little ship that flies away after you lose in Atlantis right. is the ship in Cosmic Arc. And there's a little bit of a story that kind of ties them two together. But And they're both great games. They're both two of my probably top ten games for my Atari. So anyway, it's a really good game. I'm having fun with it. If you're interested... It's a very simple game. It's you got ships flying across the sky and you're just shooting them from below, but it's got great graphics, got great sound design. It's a fun game. Um, you can jump on there and try to compete with us. Um, I think I'm the only one so far that put a score up. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure if Matt hasn't had a chance to play yet or he just can't get to my score, but either way, um, I welcome everyone to come on there and give it a shot because I really I like the game I and it's a lot of fun. I might be remembering this wrong, but I think that there's also um, a hard-to-find uh, variant of Atlantis that has a different programming on it, and some people refer to it as Atlantis 2. There is. There is yeah. something. I don't 
remember, and I think if I'm not mistaken, you can't tell it apart. No, you can't tell by looking at it. You, you can only to tell by in. playing it. Yeah. And there's something different about it, but I don't remember what it I, is. I think right. it has like it's like an updated an updated game or something like they uh, oh they they fixed something or added something or whatever. And some people now, now I got I look believe into it. some people refer to it as Atlantis too. Um, I think you're right. That's ringing a bell. Yeah. So. That's cool. I love this stuff. Of course, we got to <laughs> so. get uh, uh, we got to get our Atari expert on here, Ferg. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Have him come <laughs> on, and he can uh, he can school us. Absolutely. He just dropped so, a new episode recently. I haven't had a chance. To I know listen he to did, it, but um, he did. But I forgot what game it was. Um, what was it? I know. Now you put me on the spot. See, I was just trying to. I um. Let me see. I saw it on Twitter. I haven't listened to the episode yet, but I saw it on Twitter. But I forgot. I knew it was something I was very interested in, but. I forgot what it was. You know what? It was um. It's Frogger. It's Frogger it too. You Frogger too. Yeah, yep. you retweeted that's right. it. It's Frogger too. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I've never played Frogger too, and I think that's kind of a hard game to come by, it, isn't it? it? It's a. It's not super expensive, but it's not a cheap Atari game. It's, yeah, I believe it runs like the thirty forty dollar range, which is kind of okay. pricey for an Atari game. Yeah. So I need to put that on my list because I got to have that one. Yeah. Well, plus I mean. You know, more Frogger, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's you yeah. know, when you're just going by your traditional old school arcade games, that's that's a that's a top ten, I think. Oh yeah, that's a good game. You know, from and that plus it was in Seinfeld. Early, uh, yeah, exactly. It's got the <laughs> Costanza <laughs> yeah, um, right. lineage to it, but Tie I mean, in. it's yep. yeah, but you got you know, it's only uh, you know, you were talking like that early, you know what, eighty to eighty three or whatever range, mm-hmm. or maybe mm-hmm. something like that. But um, it's yep. it's in that, you know. I put it up there with. Uh, I tell you this, I'd rather play Frogger than some of the other classics from that time frame. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fun. It's a little That's more fun, fun than game. like let's say Defender. Like I used to like Defender as a kid because of the noises and the ships and all that, but it was very frustrating. It's a hard game. I do love the Defender. I do too, but I mean, I haven't played it in a while. But have you played ahead. um D- Defender Two for the Atari? I, I haven't, but um, there's there's a story behind that one too. Um, you need yeah, to watch I, those I just docu- picked it Atari up. Atari documentaries to talk about it. I just picked it up a little while ago, and of course, my version isn't called Defender Two. Um, yeah, because it had a different name. Yeah, yeah, it was like space something. I think it's or... called Stargate or something like Stargate. that. Stargate. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it's called. Yeah, Stargate. Yeah. yeah. I do um, have and it's that. Like, yeah, I have Stargate. It's great. It's like Defender. It's like way better. It's like closer to the arcade than the original Defender. It's much improved. It's essentially, you know, almost the same game, but it's just a lot better. And it came way late. If you knew anybody at that time, though, like in the early 80s, if they had an Atari, they always had Pac-Man, they had Defender, Pitfall. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, Jungle yeah. Hunt. There was there was always these, you know, Frogger. They always kind of fell in that Missile that Command. Range, definitely. Missile Command, you know. Adventure, yeah. usually. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The list just goes on, but yeah. I mean, because I had a ton of games for my Atari. But, I mean, anytime you buy an Atari lot, if it has, you know, 10 or so games, there those games are always in there. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's sad because, you know, when you, especially when you get to the stage that I'm at with my Atari collection, you know, I haven't added a new one in a while, but, you know, uh, you don't come across lots that have anything you need in them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not just lots. like, yeah, it's just like, man, all it is is all the basics. 
you know, and I, it sucks because, you know, it's like, man, if I didn't have an Atari, this would be a great pickup. But mm-hmm. I don't need a single thing out of this 30, 40 games, 50 games or all the, the basics, you know. Well, that's where Matt is. I mean, I'm sometimes I feel envious of Matt because he doesn't have a very big Atari collection, but he's kind of into it. I mean, he's got he's got a nice long road ahead of him if he really gets into his Atari collecting. Yeah, because he's only got a, um, a handful of games, I think, if I'm not mistaken. He's got yeah. maybe I don't know ten or fifteen, twenty games. But um, yeah, because I I remember that time. I mean, it was really fun mm-hmm. when I was really into the um, Atari collecting because they were so cheap. Yeah, and people there practically were so many gave of them. them to you. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, you'd go to conventions and they'd be like, especially like the last day, they'd be like, "Well, anyone you want for a dollar or whatever." Well, even when we went to too many games, and it was not, you know, just what two years ago now, mm-hmm. and uh, even then, you know, most of the games there were pretty cheap. You know, like there wasn't mm-hmm. the fifty cents or nothing like that. But I mean, there was a couple bucks. We were digging yep. through that big bin and all that. I mean, that was fun. You know, yeah, you come absolutely. across a game or two you need. There, there was that one guy. Apparently, he he's there every year or whatever. He has a lot of good Atari stuff. But well, if you remember this year, I sent you the pictures of um, what was it? Chainsaw Massacre and right. um, Halloween together. It was like three thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah. It was some crazy price. And I think they had the manuals with them as well. They weren't in the box or anything, but um. Yeah, it's it's still fun. Even at this stage, I actually just recently picked up a few Atari games. Um, I think it was just last month. There were mm-hmm. variants, and I picked up a seventy eight hundred game I didn't have. Uh, which one was it? It was Hat Trick. That's it, the hockey game. Oh, so I didn't did have you, that one yet. So yeah, have you logged a lot of time in Hat Trick? No, I I did play yeah. it. Uh, I, I cleaned <laughs> it up and put it in and played it. Yeah. It's kind of boring. I think it's just a. I think you have sure. two players, the goalie and one player. You know, right. it's kind of typical for an older sports game like that. You don't have, like, your whole team or anything, like Blades of Steel or anything. But right. um, it was pretty fun. It's a decent game, for sure. I had I had fun while I played it, but I don't know if yeah. I'll, you know, put it in a lot. Yeah, but. well, because there's so many better options. But um, yes. it, it, yeah, it right. is a, a trip to think, though. Like, at one time, you know, that was somebody's, you know, probably their yeah. game. You know, the one, yeah. the one that they dug or maybe the only one they had. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I still got a ways to go with my 7800 collection because... Um, I think there's like what sixty or seventy games. There's not it? many. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's many. only there's a few that are a little pricier, but it's there's nothing real. There's nothing compared to like an NES set or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, if and you I've want got a about... true Atari twenty six hundred collection, I mean, you know, Air Raid oh, well, is that's... gonna like. There's a couple of games in there that are just like you know, and plus oh, yeah. prototypes the, and stuff yeah, like that. Well, I mean, I mean, if you're just talking about yeah, I mean, taking prototypes out of the equation, just um. Just like games that are considered part of the standard library, right? Like that were mm-hmm. sold, but there's some that are like one of one, you know. Some, mm-hmm. yeah, some yeah. Uh, vacuum store or something had an Atari game made, and you know, and <laughs> right, you know, it's weird. It was stuff, pretty nutty back know? then. It yeah. was, yeah, it was the Wild West back then, and all the third party, you know, before the crash, there was just so much that was pumped into the market that was weird or junky and they had the porn games and it just got out of control which is why it crashed but i mean that's one of the things like you know nintendo kind of got grief from some you know considering like their restrictions on which games and how many could be produced by uh, a particular developer and all Mm -hmm. that but i mean they're just they they just took the feedback and and just was standing back looking at what happened with atari and they're just like well you know we don't want that so 
better to err on the yeah. side of caution. And I'm sure there was, you know, uh, a little bit of corporate greed in there, I'm sure. But, you know, overall... Well, um, yeah, all of that stuff, all down to the design of the console itself, was all to prevent that from happening again. They were very yeah. cautious and conscious of that. Yeah. So it's a pretty cool story. I mean, they, they, they made this more like a VCR, right. as most people probably already know. They didn't want right. it to look like the Atari. So they, they that's why the cartridge is so big compared to the chip inside because they didn't well, want right. it to look like it, an just Atari just look at the cartridge. Famicom games. That's what that's yeah. what they should look like. But it just goes to show you how much marketing is involved in how successful something can be, you know. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Yep. So that's uh that's the beat the bandy challenge. So um next I guess we'll talk about some things that we've been playing or watching. You want to go first? Well, as far as playing goes, I, I already talked about Spider-Man, and since then, I, I really haven't played a lot. But um, as far as watching goes, uh, I'm watching this. Well, I just finished season four of this show. Um, it's on Apple TV. It's called For All Mankind. Have, have you heard anything about it? No. Mm-mm. Well, it it's kind of an alternative history, sort of. like um, The initial hook of the first trailer was, you know, you see... Uh, somebody landing on the moon right and um mm-hmm. you assume it's the american uh, moon landing and it turns out that the russians beat us so you know it's all it's all about nasa and russia and you know there's some other things i don't want to get too much into spoilers but it, it's really it's a space movie or a show and it's about the space so race it, and it's like what if in the marvel universe like do you remember a, that comic a little, line? a little bit but i mean it's not supernatural or anything it's still based in you know science and and logic and and you know uh you know also um you know like future technology because it ends up in the future at some point because it gain it doesn't stick you know initially you're you're in the 60s and then um then it just it starts progressing you know what i mean and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you get some alternative stuff like there was a woman president and, and you know, stuff like that. So there's things that are, are a little different from, you know, our actual history. Um, so it's not like a documentary per se, but it is neat, though, because they do weave in real footage. So, you know, you'll see, um, you know, I don't know, like uh, it. it and what I guess this isn't really a big spoiler in one particular moment. Uh, Al Gore is the president, right? So they're actually showing, you know, real Al Gore. And I don't know if they're using uh, what kind of technology, but, you know, you see him talking. And, I mean, it's really, it looks like Al Gore. It's not like an actor playing Al Gore. It's it's mm-hmm. actual, so I don't know, CGI or whatever, AI, whatever they're using. But um, it looks really good. Deep fake. It's good. Yeah, it's definitely got some deep fake, st- <laughs> deep fake stuff going. But um, <laughs> it's a really good series, man. And... Um, you know, there's a little bit of drama aspect, you know, you still get the, you know, personal relationships and stuff like that. But I mean, it really just their focus on like, you know, space technology and, and, you know, going to the moon, going to Mars, those kind of things. Um, it, I don't know. It's right up my alley and it's really good. Oh. I mean, if this was on Netflix, it would be way more known. You know, it's just because Apple TV isn't really one of the big streaming services. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people, but some people have Apple TV and don't even know it because it comes with their cable providers. So you might actually, or when you buy an iPhone, you get it like three months for free if you sign up. Yeah. So you, you probably have that offer unless you've used it already. There's about three or four good series on there I would recommend on, on their streaming services. Uh, the Morning Show is pretty good. Uh, there's a couple others, but um, 
the silo is pretty good i just finished that's that season one um it, it's futuristic um you know post-apocalyptic stuff you know what i mean mm, yeah and, uh, right up my alley. yeah i think you would i think you would enjoy that um it's a little slow at times but i i mean i i, I don't mind that you know what i mean like i you know mm-hmm. i like world building and stuff like that but um so anyways uh, those are a couple shows um i also watched echo that's the latest marvel show mm-hmm. um i can see it being a little divisive I, i'm not i don't know i i i just enjoy stuff and you know if there's if there's parts i don't like i don't you know it doesn't you know it doesn't have to ruin the whole experience because you know uh what's his name vincent um d'onofrio d'onofrio there you go vincent d'onofrio the guy's playing the kingpin uh yeah it's amazing dude i mean this guy he's he's a a great actor honestly i wish i really because you know like this series the series overall was pretty good i would recommend giving it a shot i mean as far as ranking it eh, i'll leave that up to whoever watches it but it's definitely leading into uh the the new daredevil season that's supposed to come out later this year so it's it's all about world building and getting that ready they're they're building a little off of uh the hawkeye series that had uh had some of these characters in it i don't want to ruin it for anybody if they haven't seen it but uh so some Mm -hmm. of these characters come from that series and it feels like they're building towards um like a big event but more more nothing like uh see the you know with marvel everything's like super big right you got thanos and world universe saving and all that kind of stuff this is Mm -hmm. more ground level guy just kind of crime crime stuff you know what i mean it's a little more it's a little it feels a little more batman-ish you know what i mean well that's how daredevil was um it was very localized and very personal and vincent d'onofrio as kingpin in that series when that when it was on netflix was was unbelievable in fact i had always said that the daredevil series on netflix was my all-time favorite marvel anything i absolutely love that series i think yeah. season two had a little bit of a dip in it when they had electric in there and all a little bit but i think overall though but I think my gosh you, the good stuff you get out of it outweighs the dip absolutely and season three it was one of the best season closers slash climaxes of any right. like superhero that final showdown at the end of season three was fantastic they handled right. it so well it was so good. I absolutely love. I, I want to revisit that because I haven't seen it yeah. since it initially I, came out. But that was a that was a binge watcher for me. For me, man, I, I absolutely love that show. Well, it, you know what? And um, <clears throat> I wasn't a huge fan of Jessica Jones. Uh, and then there was uh, Luke Cage, and I forget the other one. Um, the white guy yeah, with the mystical uh, powers. Um, I yeah. I only watched. I watched season I, I, one I watched of Jessica Jones. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't a big fan of the Jessica Jones one, but I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was fine. Uh, the the defenders where they all got together, I like that. That was pretty good. But um, overall, uh, the really the Daredevil is the main thing, and I really kind of I get it. They're, everything's about content, right? You got to have more content. But I would prefer if it was just Daredevil, and then these people just kind of popped in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Not everybody yeah. needs a, their own series, you know what I mean? And I kind of feel that way about Echo. I really like the actress who plays Echo. Um, I, I wasn't thrilled with the the end of the final, you know, like the finale. I, I wasn't too thrilled mm-hmm. with that. But 
I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you know, it didn't it didn't ruin the whole show for me. There were some really good actors. There's definitely some other actors that stand out. Um, but of course, mm-hmm. you know, the kingpin is, you know, every scene he's a he's a scene stealer. If he's in it, mm-hmm. that's the only thing that matters. You know, everything he's in felt important, and you definitely wanted to watch it, and you wanted more of it. And they even took some of his backstory um, uh, from from the Netflix show and weaved it in, which was pretty cool. They took like actual footage and reused it. So, oh. um, so his and, and, like relationship with that woman or something maybe, or, well, now I think in this timeline, cause he did go to prison for a little while. So, uh, she, she died. Um, Vanessa, I believe her name was, she's not in it. So I'm, I, mm. uh, they don't really mm. talk about her, but I, I'm, I'm under the impression she's dead. Uh, she died. I think she, maybe she died at the end of the, the daredevil series i don't know i have to go back and rewatch that but th- you might be right yeah i think she did i think she got shot by accident or something like that but um anyway whatever the case is she's not in it no more but uh everything from daredevil is considered canon so whenever they're gonna use the same guy that paid that played that foggy nelson and the, oh, the yeah. secretary she's coming back oh and great. um i'm hoping they work in you know the guy who plays the the Punisher because he's awesome. I mean that dude, yeah, the guy from yeah. uh, Game, uh, I mean from a Walking Dead. Um, can't think of his name right now, but that dude's awesome. And uh, more of that would be great. So um, that yep. that's something I'm definitely looking forward to. And uh, I'm also last thing. Oh, I did. I took my kids. Uh, we went and watched the Iron Claw movie. Um, it's a wrestling movie. It's about uh, the Von Erichs. Um Okay. On a little tangent about that, the movie itself was good. I would definitely recommend it, especially if you're going in cold. I think you would enjoy it really well. And I I enjoyed it, and I thought the acting was really good. Um, there's one thing I don't like about biopics, though, is um, they always, like, change things. And it's like, if you really know what happened, you know what I mean? It's like, for yeah, instance. Yeah, when they do that. <laughs> well, for instance, um, they, they leave out one of his brothers. Why? I don't I mean I guess you got to trim the fat but it's just it's it's strange to me that uh cuz it only cuz the thing about this family is there was a lot of death in the family right and a lot of lot of right. bad they actually think of it as a curse um it only adds to that cuz it is one more brother who died and it's strange that they just omit this whole other brother and they even kind of changed one of the brothers' deaths, which was strange too, because it's like, uh, I don't, I don't, why are you, why, why, we got Google, man, why are you, and plus, I mean, I've seen <laughs> like long form documentaries on the Von Erics before, so, um, I don't know, when you kind of know it, it's, that kind that part I didn't like, but my kids didn't know anything, they loved it. Well, my, my Michael, he, he uh, had watched some stuff on it, but he, he didn't care. Um, the acting was really good, and I wouldn't really call this a wrestling movie either. Like, you don't have to like wrestling to like this movie, because I mean, there are some wrestling scenes, but it really, it really isn't about the wrestling, right? I mean, it's more about what happens outside of it and the family dynamic and what they're going through and all that. And yeah, wrestling is a part of it, but it would be no different if it was a, you know, a family of truckers or coal miners or whatever. You know what I mean? You wouldn't mm-hmm. call it a coal miner movie. That was just the job they had. You know what I mean? So uh, right. it's more about their profession. It's yeah, obviously it's a part of it because they all end up wrestling. And there are some scenes 
that are pretty cool, especially if you, you know, are familiar with them. They recreated a few things that I, I thought looked pretty cool. And, um, you know, they glossed over a few things, too. But overall, it was it was a good movie. But uh, the last thing I'm watching uh, right now, and the finale's coming up in a few days, uh, the season finale is uh, is Fargo. Have you watched any of the television series Fargo? I have not. Oh, that's good, man. Well, have you ever watched the movie? Oh, the movies. I love the movie. I've seen it like five times. Right. Well, think of the movie, but in a series form. It has nothing to do with the movie. There is a um, a little bit of a loose connection to the movie, and each of the se- the seasons are kind of loosely connected, sort of. But it think of each season as its own thing. Like it's it's is usually it, is it a, crime oriented, like the film. Yes, it's all crime oriented. Okay. And um, there's there's definitely a a season arc with every every season. Um, season one was outstanding, and I, I think I felt the same way about season two. I enjoyed season three, but I think some people refer to season three as the bad season. And uh, but this season right now is is great. Um, it's very fast paced, uh, not a lot of fat. You know what I mean? It it. Where can you they, watch they, it? Uh, it is on Hulu. Okay. It's an it's an FX show, so if you still have cable and you have FX, you could watch it. But I mean, now you're you're not going to see it unless they put a marathon on. But um, it's a Hulu show, so. Gotcha. So if you have Hulu, you can check it out. Um, highly recommended. Well, it's it's, it's, it's if really if it's good. like the movie. I mean, again, I it's a Coen Brothers film. I I love that movie. It's probably my favorite Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. Um, I've seen it several times. I watched it with my son Bobby um, last year, I think it was, and he loved it too. So yeah, I, I love that movie. I, I really think you would, you'll dig it because, uh, like I said, the first season, I remember thinking it was one of the best series I've ever watched. When I watched oh, wow. it, I mean, it was really good. Like, it's it's definitely not your ordinary. I mean, it's it has the feel of of the movie. You know what I mean? It's it's not something you're, you know. It's not your normal television series, so it's it's definitely mm-hmm. worth a watch. It has all the quirks and character development cool. and everything. It's it's pretty good. I'll check it out. I don't think I've watched anything since uh, last episode. I talked about all the Christmas movies I watched. Um, and I don't think I've watched anything since. So I've not had a lot of time to watch movies or television. So I'm a little <laughs> behind. But um, I have been playing some stuff. Um, as mentioned, the Beat the Bandy game and. I also have been playing uh, the Cartridge Club game for the first time in a long time because it was, it piqued my interest because it's a 16-bit era game and that is the uh, Golden Axe for uh, Sega Genesis. So when I saw that, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna dust off my Genesis and get out my copy of Golden Axe and my three-button controller, and I went yeah. to town and I played through it and beat it, and it was a lot of fun. So that's great. I really enjoyed. So did, playing did you through use that. Bill's technique of charging over the gap or whatever? How he's trying to? I didn't know Bill was such a big gamer. All of a sudden, but um, <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, Bill bringing um, all his gaming skills. No, he's knowledge. doing that. He's giving advice out and, and posting things. Yeah, he's all of a sudden yeah, he's a gamer again. Like, yeah, oh well, <laughs> Sega Bill. But I didn't know about the gap charge, but I did use that move quite often in the game. It's very effective. Um, yeah, but I think that's. Well, I never I think all um, beat 'em ups had one of those kind of. I, I don't want to call it cheap, but you know that kind of a uh, kind of overpowered attack. Some of them actually cost you life when you use them, uh, like in the final fights and the 
Knights of the Round and stuff like that whenever you uh, kind of use one of those button ma I'm assuming that's what it is, like a button mashing attack or? Yeah, you just kind of like, you run and hit the attack button and you do like this headbutt or this charge attack. Right. So it's not like you're not using magic. There's another, you can use magic like and now clear does, the screen. When you use the magic, does that uh, take any life from you? It takes your magic away. Your magic away. Okay, so we're kind of probably talking about different things, but um, in some beat-em-ups, they have kind of like a, you push a couple buttons at one time and maybe he'll do a spinning punch or something, something that's uh, like yeah, an overpowered yeah. technique. Um, yeah. But it takes a little bit of your power away when you do it. No, this does not do that. Or your life away, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, okay, it doesn't well, do cool. that. In All right, well, then but... it just feels like cheap Sega stuff, then, if you ask me. <laughs> Yeah, more skilled gamers, well, uh, we have consequences whenever we use those kind of. <laughs> I attacks. will say, I'm not going to say too much about it, but um, it didn't. It wasn't very hard. I, I, I the, after the first couple of times I played it, I beat it. So it wasn't. Now, do you have Golden Axe too? Uh, no, I don't think so. See, I only have two. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming one's around here somewhere, but I couldn't for the life of me find it. So I might not well, have it. You know what? I played it on my six pack. Do you have that? The Genesis six pack. Oh, you know what? That's a good idea. I it's got might, Streets of Rage. You're right. Golden Axe. I think Sonic. Whatever. It's got like six games on it. Obviously. Yeah. Hence the six pack. <laughs> Some of their early, but, um, their big early time. You know what? That's a hell of a bargain though. Altered Beast, I think, is on there. Yeah, Maybe? I was gonna Let say. I think Altered Beast might be on there, huh? I'm looking at it right now. It's got Sonic, the Hedgehog, Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, Revenge of Shinobi, Columns, and Super Hang On. There's your six. So no, it does not have altered. Beast. Yeah, uh, other than super hang on. I mean, I don't know. That was kind of cool, I guess. You know, like a palate cleanser, and then you know you had your Tetris clone. But uh, that's mm -hmm. a pretty Columns, solid. Yeah. That's a pretty solid yeah. mix of games there. Yeah, it's a great cartridge. Yeah, I mean, the, Nintendo. I'll, I'll give them the edge on that because Nintendo wasn't doing nothing like that. They weren't giving <laughs> no. you six packs. They're like, no, nah, you can just go buy six games. Well, they did have uh, Super Mario All Stars. Yeah, but that was a system launcher kind of thing. I never had that, and I still don't have that game. Mario All-Stars? Nope, I've never had it. I've never played it. Oh, geez, really? I mean... Nope, I never knew that existed. You rectify that. I never knew that there... existed until I got back into the hobby, you know, in recent times. I never Back, when, when, back I... when I had my Super Nintendo, I didn't even know about it. Yeah, see, I, I didn't get Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo like it. I wasn't like a launch person i probably got mine it had been out probably four years at that point my brother had one but i i didn't but um when i bought mine uh the the gimmick was you know it came with super mario world it still had that with the two controllers you know you still got a real system when you bought it but um it came with a mail away and if you mailed it if you like filled out the card and mailed it away they would send you uh, a free super mario all-stars and uh dude i mean i loved it and and the the big hook about it was i mean not only did you get kind of like this refurbished uh part one two and three with new graphics and everything it came with the lost levels which was the original super mario 2 mm -hmm. so you got you kind of got the you know that was the only way in the states unless you imported it and had a famicom and all that which at that time that wasn't as common i'm not saying nobody did it but it wasn't really common i don't know you, that i knew that was on all stars the lost levels are on all stars oh I yeah yeah that. that was the that was kind of the big selling point so it's is, got mario you, one two three the lost levels and super mario world 
Well, there now I was going to say there is a cart that does have what you just described. Um, that's called Super Mario All-Stars World, I believe. That has everything we just mentioned and Super Mario World. That oh, okay, one but that you- one must have been a later release. Um that must have been a later pack-in where they decided to put all of them on one thing so they didn't have to send out the All-Stars again. So they probably just they reprogrammed it and added it to the cartridge. But think about that, for instance. You got Super Mario World, which was a huge game. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how many bits or, you know, memory-wise, but, I mean, it was mm-hmm. as far as... That was a system seller. That was a major game. And you're getting four other games... Um, all on, you know, so you're getting five games on one cart. So I guess they kind of did have their version of the six pack, except, uh, you know, classic Nintendo. It was a five pack. <laughs> and you're saying that the, the graphics were different for Mario yeah. one, two and three. Oh, absolutely. It was upgraded. Uh, it had different. I textures mean, just like, to it. just like a little bit smoother or like they redid the games. Like, no, they redid the game, but it's still the same oh, game. Really? Like they didn't add anything, no extra levels or anything like that. Yeah, now no, I want to get this. It's different, dude. Is it a is it a rare or expensive game? No, not at all. Probably you get it for about twenty bucks or something. What? Yeah, I'm getting it. Now I don't now, know if about got... the with the world. If you get it with all, no, no, the I'm not worried about it, that. Yeah, because if you get it with that's Super Mario rare. World, that's well, it's not rare. It just costs a little bit more. But um, if you're just going for the standard Super Mario All Stars, you should probably get it for about twenty bucks. Okay, another game on my radar. That's great. Oh, you got to be get hunting that, for that dude. one. Plus, I mean, I'll be um, playing that. Super uh, the Lost Levels is a is a fun challenge. It's hard. There are some I think times I have that it's... on my. I think I have that some other way. I think I have that on my 3ds or something. I'm, I've, I know I've played some of that. Well, and and then you so. you know it's funny because uh, you could you could see why it, it had nothing to it's do. It's not with, yeah, it's but it it's had hard. nothing to do with American gamers sucking at games. It's just not a fun game. No, it's not fun. Can, it, it, totally, totally. It, it's it, not it was, anything it's, new, dude. It feels like you're playing uh, a, a, the Super Mario uh, the the you know the Mario Maker like some jerk yeah, made exactly. a, a, a difficult levels is kind of how it feels. I'm not saying the challenge isn't good. If you want no, a, but if just you remember, a challenging game, but if you were a little kid and you got that Super Mario 2 for Christmas, you're probably having your mom take it back. And it's you got to remember this game. was a time where sequels were expected to be something fresh and new. And that wasn't. That was just well, a harder be. version. Yeah. It's right, look, a look at Zelda version. 2. Yeah. Look right. at look at look what eventually too. did with Super Mario Brother. Exactly right. Every, it was a new mm-hmm. idea in there. It had you know it was a whole different thing. Yep. That's how sequels were back then. And I think the story goes when Miyamoto saw that he's like, no, this it's not. Is fun. that how? I'm not sure. I, I'm assuming no, was, Miyamoto was, was something. Well, I th- well not if I remember the story correctly, they sent it off to that guy, uh, the white guy up in in washington to test it i uh, forget his name but he's he's in the magazines he was that nerdy guy who was oh oh, oh yeah um i can't think it was gosh, right now, but you, yeah you know who i'm the talking about escaping me but yes, yeah of course. It, doesn't, it doesn't really matter that nerd dude and he played it and he said it's not a fun game and he's correct it isn't a fun game and so it wasn't um, they, miyamoto miyamoto must well, have made the I, game. I i think he <laughs> listened and and uh, said, hey, you guys, let's figure this out because this is a huge, you know, we're going to make a lot of money off this. And, um, yeah, I mean, he obviously took the input. 
I mean, that guy. If might I don't edit that part out, guy. Chris, we're gonna get we're gonna catch flack for not being true gamers if I don't edit that part out. That What's I said that? Miyamoto uh, <laughs> said it wasn't well, gonna work. He's probably the one that made it. No, but no, no. I, I, I get he, names. He, he might have been the developer or or the programmer, but um, yeah, no. Anyways, that dude. Um, oh, I can't believe I can't remember his name. But anyway, he always had a little section in the early Nintendo powers too. Yeah, the little bow tie and the red hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah that dude. And um, Ness. It was it ne- Ness Nestor? No, no. Is it Ness? That was the comic, wasn't it? Wasn't no, it? Um, I don't, I don't know. What is this? Uh, uh, now I gotta look it up. Yeah, you go ahead and look it up. I don't even know how. To, what, what, how what are you gonna use in that search engine? I'm gonna Nerdy put Nintendo dude, white guy bow Nintendo tie, bow tie wearing guy. Okay. <laughs> See if that comes up. Um, Howard Phillips. That's Howard it. Phillips. There you go. It's Howard that's Phillips. It. Of course, it's Howard Phillips. Everybody. But knows the comic that. was was wasn't the comic like Nestor, and but it was him. I, I, you know what, maybe, but let's just, in the, in Nintendo let's, just Power? Forget the, let's just forget that for a minute. It was Howard Phillips who said yeah. the game sucked or it was too hard. And um, they took the feedback and, you know, the Doki Doki Panic and all that. It's nothing a lot of people don't already know, but it's definitely a better game. There's no dispute in that. That's a fun yeah. game. It's great. And game. Mario, Mario 2, uh, uh, the American version, is it's a tough game, too. I mean, it definitely has a challenging moments but um that's that is my wife's game. that is mother brain's favorite game my wife or, or favorite Nintendo choice. game. that and yeah. dr mario yeah so hmm. yeah well there's, there's a little retro gaming lesson that we probably got all backwards and wrong but we tried <laughs> yeah there's there's got to be some stuff in there that's right all right now let's get Maybe all that out of the bit. way you got a big pickup Oh my gosh! Let's Chris. go ahead and let's okay. get into that. Let's let's stop talking. I've been about I've been Howard. hyping this up a little bit on the Twitter and, and our and our Discord, and I don't I don't consider this hyperbole. This is true, game changing, major score of a lifetime stuff here, in my opinion, for me personally. Right. So, I'm not the greatest at telling stories. But I'm going to try to make this into a little story. So let's go back to 1987. Okay, I am. Um, 12 years old um, and Christmas comes around and like most kids you, you grab the Sears catalog right mm-hmm. and you circle the items that you want or you rip the page out or whatever whatever your method of telling your parents what you wanted out of the Sears catalog so I believe that was a pretty common thing a common way to tell your parents what you wanted for Christmas was that your experience Chris did you use that method? Uh, with my grandmother, I, I would look through the Sears wish book and kind of tell her. Yeah. Few, she'd, she'd say look through it and get some ideas. A lot of times yep. I knew yep. it from commercials on TV, and I'd be like, I want that. Yeah. I was very specific with what I want. I want a Sony Walkman. I wanted to make sure there was no, <laughs> don't bring home version. the Toshiba or something <laughs> or whatever. I want the Sony uh-huh. Walkman. You know, I wanted a members-only jacket, I remember one year. I think that was a combo I got one year. I got a Sony Walkman with a members-only jacket. I was the coolest kid in school for about a month with my little inside pocket. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You had to have an inside pocket. But anyways, weren't you forget all, about Weren't that. you always the coolest kid in school? No. At all times? No? Yeah, in my own mind, sure. <laughs> you think you're too cool for school. But I got a newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. You aren't. I was never the coolest kid in school. I'll tell you that right now. But anyway, um, 
1987, um, 13 years old, 12 years old, I'm sorry, and uh, Christmas comes around, and there's lots of there's lots of toys in 1987 that were very popular. Um, one of them being skateboards were starting to become a very popular item, at least on my coast, because we were trying to mimic the West Coast with all the California stuff right. that was uh, enticing, and in all the movies, the, the surf rat era was starting to kind of kick in, and um, lots of us Eastern Coast kids were wearing like California style clothes and sure. California TNC games was a popular game. Shirt and... TNC surf designs. Yeah. You had skate rats and everybody had the blonde hair hanging over their eyes and all that stuff mm-hmm. and the yeah. the shoes and all all the attire that went with it. So that was very popular. So skateboards were popular. I guess the Nintendo was just starting to kind of getting itself settled in in 1987. I guess um, I think later that summer is when like Zelda came out and Contra. And all that stuff, but this was the probably the black box era still, right? 1987 in America. Yeah, definitely. Tell, uh, yeah. yeah. So, I think I was probably still playing Atari at that point. I was still playing some of the later releases like Hero, and I remember getting um, Real Pitfall Sports Boxing and some of those later Atari games and uh, Solaris. Oh. So that was kind of, if I'm not mistaken, that was around 87 as well. But anyway, another very popular item in 1987 was RC cars and they were all that was a big exciting thing everybody wanted remote control car radio control car whatever you call it and they were very very popular around 1987 1988 and if you didn't have a lot of money and you didn't go to a hobby store and get some of the real expensive ones that you kind of built yourself um, because they were kind of popular too a lot of people had uh, I think the big one was the frog is that what it was do you remember, Chris? Was that, that sounds familiar. It, I might be getting that wrong. It's either the frog or so, something like that. It was something, a real but popular... But didn't it jump or something? <laughs> no, it, it, it went over a ramp, it jumped. But no, it didn't mm. jump It didn't jump on its own. I don't think. Well, there was some that had like a, a mechanism where they would spin and they could pop up in well, the air. But th- maybe those were later versions. Those were like the... You know, as time went on, they the gimmicks got crazier yeah. and crazier. They would flip over and drive upside down. Sure, and they would yeah, do wheelies yeah, yeah. and all that kind well, of stuff. Well, they could go up, that, a, up a thing and flip and go back the other direction. Exactly. Right, yeah, right. go up a wall, parkour or whatever. So they started getting gimmicky as time went on. But those are more the, the toy versions of uh, the remote control cars. Um, right. But a lot of my friends had the expensive ones. I, I knew I was never going to get something like that because you had the – they were like hundreds of dollars and you had to like – right build them. They were hobby quality um, toys that were just more expensive and mm-hmm. out of my league. But still in the are. Sears catalog, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But in the Sears catalog, you could uh, you know pick out a couple ones that were just below the hobby quality ones. And I had picked out one that I wanted and I got it for that Christmas in 1987. And it was the Lobo 2, which uh, if you look it up, um, it was a dune buggy because they pretty much were all dune buggies or um, like off-road vehicles back then. You didn't see a right. lot of like race cars or indie cars um, with the RC car hobby. It was mostly dune buggies and off-road trucks and stuff like that. So this was your standard dune buggy radio control car, and it was red. And this was one of the first ones, if I'm not mistaken, that had a battery pack that you could charge up. Prior to that, or some of the cheaper ones, you would just put like a bunch of AA batteries in it, and it would last like you know a couple hours if you were lucky. And um, 
but this one was like a new one. It was the Lobo 2 because the original Lobo didn't have this. The Lobo 2 had the battery pack that you plugged in. You unplugged it, and you can plug it into the wall and charge it up and go to town the next day. So that was a really kind of a newer feature because back then, um, rechargeable batteries was like a brand new thing. Um, it was like all the – like Radio Shack had all these battery chargers. You can buy Radio Shack branded rechargeable batteries and plug this thing into your wall and have all these batteries charging up all the time. It was like this new idea or new technology. And back then, instead of – you know, now we have um, – uh, what's the batteries called now? The um, – Lithium? Lithium, lithium ion. But back yeah. then it was NICAD, nickel cad, nickel cadmium right. or something like that. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but that was like the first era of rechargeable batteries. Compared to what we have now, they weren't very good. They would they would have a memory and you'd have to like kill them after a while and then recharge them up from scratch and all this kind of stuff because they weren't the the best, I guess, kind of rechargeable battery. And you don't see that kind anymore around because everything is, you know, a new standard. But that's what mm-hmm. it was back then. So I got the remote control car, and I it was one of my most memorable Christmases for my childhood because I, I believe I got a skateboard and that the same Christmas. And I was so excited, and I loved that remote control car. I have no idea what happened to it since my childhood, but oh, I love it. I know it. what I happened remember, to it. Your parents well, gave it or your mom gave, gave, it to gave it to a cousin. Right. right. There's no doubt. That's most likely what happened to it. I just don't have a memory of that. But... I adored that car. I have a vivid memory of that Christmas evening. Before I went to bed, I set it up in my room in front of my nightlight so I could lay there in bed and just look at it <laughs> as I fell asleep. I think I, I set it on top that. of my skateboard. Yeah. yeah, I still do that with stuff I buy. So I, I have that memory that was um, you know, very clear in my mind. And uh, it was a great Christmas, and I'm, I was so excited to get that remote control car. So yeah. that's the background. So as you guys probably know i tell this a lot but i get things given to me from customers more often than i ever would have imagined half my room is full of tvs and game systems and toys that my customers just give me because i stumble upon them it's great to have a career where i often come in contact with people's homes i'm in people's homes i'm in their basements i'm in their attics (laughs) and i have a very All right, I have a very casual method. It's not it's not anything that's like obnoxious invasive. or, or yeah. invasive. Hey, or I was putting... looking through your safe and I <laughs> noticed right. your It's always yeah. it's always this. It's always something like, Oh my gosh, like that's a great looking stereo system. Do you want it? is usually the response. And I just I, I told the story a couple episodes ago, but the same thing happened to me. A couple of months ago where I stumbled upon this unbelievable 1985 complete Sony stereo system in the cabinet with the glass, with the record player, with all the components, all bought together as one set in pristine condition. And I was like, that is an awesome stereo. And his response was, do you want it? <laughs> and I was like, sure. So that same thing just happened to me last week. So I'm, in a, I'm talking to a customer. I already did a job at his house, and we're kind of winding down, and he's got one more thing for me to look at. He's like, oh, by the way, why? I was getting ready to leave. I was already done the work. And he's like, well, I got this other thing I want you to look at. Let me, let me take it into my garage. I got this post light head. I'm an electrician, for those of you who don't know. I've got this post light, and I want to refurbish it, and it's broke, and I want to see if you can fix it up for me. I was like, okay. So I walk into his garage, and staring me right in the face, sitting on a, a, a little desk of some sort, is that remote control car. 
complete the, in the box. The, the Super Lobo 2 or the Lobo the, the 2. The Lobo 2 from Sears. Right. Branded the Sears branded 1987 right. red Lobo 2 the box. I don't know if it's in there. I'm seeing the box too. You're just seeing I, the box, he, right? I'm seeing the box sitting. I mean, as soon as I walk in the door, it's right there. It wasn't like on a shelf, it wasn't like hidden somewhere or off in some corner. It was just sitting right there as I walked in the door. And the guy was like telling me, you know, and I want this and I want, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I stopped him dead in his tracks. I said, hold up. I said, I don't mean to interrupt. I said, forgive me. And because I, I was like freaking out. I was like, this right. is the exact same radio car radio control car I had as a kid. This is the one, I mean, he could see my face was glowing. Right. And my, you know, my son Bobby works with me. He was right there with me too. And I was like, this is the exact one from my childhood. And I just looking at it and he's like, do you want it? <laughs> I was like, are you serious? I said, yes, I want it. I said, so he's telling me about this product. I said, I tell you what, I will do this, this, whatever you want done, what you're telling me about here, I will do in, in exchange for this. And he said, deal. So I fixed his light for him, and he gave me this this Lobo too. And at the time in his garage, I slid the lid off because it's like a um, I guess it's like a box, but it's like in styrofoam, and the and the it's like a yeah, it's box good. with one end missing. It slips over top of it, right? Right, right, right. So I slip it up, and I kind of just look at it, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is it's got everything in there, or whatever. And I slip the lid back on, and I'm and I gingerly take it out to my truck and place it in my truck and put my coats all around it so it doesn't like slide off the seat (laughs) and i'm like i'm just giddy with excitement i don't even know what's going on i'm like i cannot believe i just because this is one of those items that That poor guy you probably rewired that all wrong just thinking about the (laughs) lobo yeah i don't even know what i did that day but this is one of those items that always in in my mind i I knew i would never find because i i had looked online before and i never saw one um, at least in good condition, or and I, I don't think I knew. I don't think I remember that it was the Lobo too. I don't. I couldn't remember what it was called. I just knew it was a red dune buggy from Radio Shack or Sears. I couldn't remember exactly where it was from. It, it all came back to me when I saw it. But I just, it was always one of those items that I, I would love to have back in my collection because it's a vivid memory. It was at the prime of my childhood, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old. That was like my the best years of my life as a kid. And um, my father was still alive, and he's behind all those those wants. When I was a little boy, I knew that my father, if I wanted something really bad, he was the one that was going to be like, you know, I'm going to get that for him. He did the same thing for my brother and my sisters. But so that that was a very memorable Christmas. It's a very memorable item and very special item that I never thought I would ever get back. So when I saw that, I obviously was like just overjoyed, and I just couldn't believe that I stumbled upon this, and I finally, when it, when I saw that box and saw that box art, it all came flooding back. It's one of those, like, you ever have that where you see an item and you forgot you had it, but then it oh, becomes yeah. like this vivid memory? Um, now, again, I knew that was one of my best Christmases, and I have vivid memories of the car and playing it, but I forgot what it was called and where it was from and all that, and all the details of the box and everything I didn't remember. But when I saw it, I was like, oh, my gosh. Because I was one of those kids that, as I mentioned probably before on the podcast, if I got a video game, I would flip through the manual, front the cover, and read every word before I put that game in the cart in the console. That's just how I was. I was kind of anal that way. So when I saw that box art, I probably looked at that box for like a half an hour and read all the words on it and just looked at the picture before I even opened it when I was a kid because that's how that's how I was. So when I was looking at the box art in, the, in his garage, I was like, oh my gosh, it all came flooding back. So I'll fast forward a little bit. 
So I'm all excited. I, I fixed his light for him. Um, I, I thanked him like 50 times. I sent him a text later. I was like, you don't know how much this means to me. This was super awesome. They were like, oh, that's so great. I'm so glad I found a, a home. So she had said something in the text that I didn't really understand. Something like I bought it for my boy because now his wife was on the joint text with me. And I just I just put it away one day and forgot about it. So later that night, I, I, I ha, you know, I ate dinner. I'm like all prepping up to open this thing up and take a look at it. And I'm all excited about it. So I slipped the cover off and I'm looking at all it. All right. Like, Wait a Stop minute. for a second, though. One, yes. real, one second real quick. So you're yeah. telling me that back in 1987 or maybe later, he didn't necessarily say he bought it brand from a store. He just said he bought it for his boy and forgot to give it to him. That's what she said. Something so, in, in something like that. So you are going to reap the benefits that this poor child didn't get <laughs> because his forgetful mother bought him a, well, a Lobo 2 and packed it away. And <laughs> That is one cynical way to look at it, I guess. But um, All right. I, the okay. way I see it is I think that he, I don't know, and I'll probably never ask, is probably yeah. very happy to give this to somebody who cares as much because he doesn't have well, any nostalgia attached now. to it because he never got it. Yeah, he never so. had it. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I think you should look him up on Facebook or something. Oh yeah. And, uh, well, I, I'll, I'll say him. that's the parents' responsibility. I'll leave right. that up to them. They, they made the they made this decision. Yeah, that's fair. But anyway, okay, go ahead. You, you're, all right, so I'm you're at dinner. home. You're opening this thing up, and what I'm happened? Telling my wife. Well, I'm, eat, I'm eating dinner. I'm telling my wife, you won't believe what happened to me today. I, remember that remote control car? I kept saying I wanted. I, I would love to have back as a kid. Well, I tell her the whole story, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, it's amazing." And I'm like. I'm, I, I didn't want to rush into it. So I'm like, I, I put it in my room and I was like, I'm eating dinner. I'm taking my time. I'm not going to just, you know, tear it apart or whatever. So it's like almost like an event for me. So I go out in my room when everything's cleaned up and the night's my own for an hour or so. And I go to open it up. I slip the cover off. And this is when I sent you those pictures, Chris. I'm like, right. oh my gosh, this, this has never been opened. So it's got factory tape and it's got like this white little thin piece of cardboard over the styrofoam with two pieces of yellowed tape that I never really noticed before in his garage. And you can flip up the end and look inside, which is what I did. I wanted to see if it was the red one or the blue one because on the box has both the red and the blue. I had the red one. So I lifted up the flap in his garage and saw that it was red and I like did a fist bump. I was like, yes, that's the one I had. I was like, yes, it's the yeah. red one. So I was super excited that, that it was the red one. So I opened it up in my room here and it's still in the bag it's still taped up. All the directions wow. are neatly laid on top in the bags unopened. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, this has never been opened before. This is, this is new old stock, as they call it. Yeah. So I've got in my hands probably my most cherished childhood toy. I stumbled upon it out of nowhere, and it's complete inbox, never opened. So I am over the moon with this. I still haven't opened it. Because I wanted to do the show first here. I wanted to, yeah. because this has got to be, as I mentioned with how I put my Lego sets together and how I was going to open this up, and I, this is going to be an event. I'm going to record it. This oh, might be my good. first YouTube video yeah. in I know, that, I don't know, I over a year brace now. I want a little bit, though. You know, there's a possibility that battery might not work. That is fine because you can get new ones. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I just want you to be prepared that. I think here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'll say. I believe it will work. I believe it okay. won't work very well and may not may not last sure, it very long. Won't but it's last never very long. Yeah. Yeah, because I believe the nature of batteries. Um, what really runs them down is use, not not just sitting. I believe it'll work and okay. probably work pretty okay. 
But I, that's I'm not terribly concerned about that because um, I can get a different battery if I need yeah, to. Yeah, of course. Well, that's what I was going to say. Go to eBay. Since I got it, I jumped on YouTube and I watched a couple of videos of people playing with their Lobo 2s and they were talking about how they had a new battery that they got offline oh, cool. and it fits in there yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. So I know they make them. I, I'm, I would imagine there's a pretty good side hustle for that because it's not much to it. If you open up one of those rechargeable batteries from back in the day, it's like a bunch of like regular size batteries, like end to end with like a, a soldered cable on it. Sure, That's all it sure. is really. You could probably, so, you could probably make it yourself. Okay. Yeah. One thing though. So let's say you film this video, you open it up, put it together. It's running. Are you going to use it? Well, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because I had this whole conversation with, my kid, my boys especially, and um, because it, it crossed my mind for a minute, because I've never been in a situation like this, right? Where there's there's I've never been in a situation where I have something this old that's mm-hmm. this meaningful to me that right. is complete in box and never opened. Um, right. All day long, I will tout. I I open up retro toys. I, I like having them out on my shelf. I like touching them, playing with not playing yeah. with them, but moving. You know. Like transformers, I want. I'm not going to sure. keep a transformer in the box. I would never do that. Right. Um, now, obviously, with NES games, if I got one complete in box that was sealed, I I have another version of it I can play. So I yeah, might keep something yeah. like that. That's kind of right. like a. Those are few and far between, and this right. this is as well. In fact, I don't know. This might this in my mind could be the only one of this exact car unopened on the planet. That's a possibility. Uh, well, it, it, it's funny that you say that, okay? Now, now I got two questions for you, right? Um, one, do you think the customer would ever listen to this podcast? Absolutely not. There's All no right. way. Cool. So no. the second one is, uh, do you want to know its value? Um, I, I, I don't know that I could. No, I, I can tell are, are you its value. I can tell you I'm looking at its value right how, now. How do you know its value? Uh, because I I know how to use eBay. Okay, you're telling me there is a complete in box Lobo two unopened on eBay. Yeah, and and it's sold. Are you serious? There's only one. Yeah, it's sold on December twenty fourth, uh, last year. So somebody bought it for Christmas. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Okay, I, I let me, let it, me it, guess. It, go ahead. You guess. You guess what? Now, I I will give the caveat. It had a listing price. It sold, but it has a line through it. So we're not going to know exactly what it sold for, but we can get a get. We can estimate, but just guess okay. what it was listed for. <clears throat> wow, I I'm going to say I'm going to say five hundred dollars. I mean, you're not that far off, relatively speaking, and that might have been what it actually sold for, but it was listed for seven hundred and fifty bucks <sighs> plus oh twenty dollars shipping. Um, I but almost it does, like. Said, Go ahead. When I had this conversation with my kids, I told them it could be worth eight hundred bucks. I mean, really? That, that was it, my initial gut. And and and, let me, and now, what do you think they go for used? I I know that because I did look. I saw one that was worn and had the knobbies worn down a little bit, some scratches on it, and it was two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, and that's it. Feels like the average is two hundred. There's one that went for two twenty five that had twenty seven bids. That was the exact red one that you got. Uh, it is interesting. I was looking at it and some of the stickers on it, like there's a Winston sticker on it. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't say Winston cigarettes, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it must like, it must have a sticker pack inside of it. Um, now, if I'm not mistaken, I, I believe you could get this from Sears or 
Radio Shack. It is well, it is made by Nikon it, or Nikon. Yeah, it's, or it, it says Nikon. Everything Nico, in yeah. the yeah, everything in the listings all say Sears, but that doesn't mean you couldn't have got it from Radio Shack as well. Because there is no Which, Sears branding on the box. I mean, it just says Nike. Well, no, actually, it does say Sears. No. Yeah, on. Sears Radio Control right on the box. Yep. I'm, I'm, I've got it in my lap right now. And it, not only is it Sears Radio Control car, the battery says Die Hard, which is yeah. a Sears branded battery. Yeah, so, so this, this is, is a Sears branded thing. So your parents got it at Sears. Yeah. So that yeah. might be some yeah. personal Mandela effect with you thinking of Radio Shack, but... Um, if you had well, the no, Lobo I, 2, it definitely came from Sears. No, no, no. I, I only said that because I found that out after I looked up something online after I uh, acquired this recently. I, I oh, somebody okay. somewhere I read that you can get it. You could get it from Sears or Radio Shack. Uh, maybe now, in regions. That's possible. Yeah, there might I'm be only some there. Maybe with the Sears version. And again, it's really right. a, a Nyko toy, but it was just like with Atari. It was Sears right. branded. They they yeah. had their uh, and Radio Shack did similar they, things. They, with toys they probably as well. had a Radio Shack version that wasn't Sears branded. That's that's probably pop. I'm just not seeing it any yeah. anywhere in here. But I didn't. I, also, I but I actually typed in um, Lobo Two Sears. But yeah, right. Um, and it might be called something else. Um, well, I'm gonna if you type look up in Radio Ni- Shack and let's see. Well, if you look up Nyko Radio Shack Doom Buggy or something like that, I bet you the same car comes up. Or well, I typed in uh, Lobo 2 Radio Shack and nothing came up. But there could be maybe okay. a non-Lobo 2. Maybe it could have been just the Lobo. Well, I I, honestly, that's not a memory of mine. I thought I read that somewhere, and maybe that was not correct. So that that's um, well, that e- might not be Well, either way, you got the one that you thought you had because, I mean. This is the exact one that I had, like right. exactly. Because I remember the box art. I remember everything. when I, As soon as I All saw right, that so, box So I was back like, to it. Are you going to play with it or not? <laughs> so I, that's the conversation that I had. And I think it's it was so interesting that I never had been in this position because, you know, I have an opinion about that. I always have. Right. And I'm the type of collector. I don't care about the monetary value pretty much right. at all. It's well, interesting what's the, to what's me. What's going to be the difference when you're dead? I mean, who cares, right? Don't you right. want to enjoy and it? I, to me... Um, my collecting hobby has always been about the tangible, the the, the right. recreation, the re-experiencing yeah. all this stuff, the watching the VS, VHS tapes, playing the NES games, transforming the Transformers. That's right. that's what this is all about for me. I am not a in the box collector type of collector. I've right. never and, you, and here's a, here's the upside of this: you didn't go out of your way to buy a brand new one in the box. It just ha- happened that way. And you I really got it didn't for buy free. it. You just traded labor. <laughs> Essentially. You just did that because you're being a good guy. At that point, you could have still charged him and he would have paid you. But that's neither here nor there. You traded for yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Yes. So whatever yes. your time is worth for that hour or whatever it took you to repair that light is your value. Forget it, man. That, I say that light it. repair. That light repair was worth about $200. So okay. I, that's in my mind. Uh, that At most, that's what I paid for it. Well, um, but in reality, you didn't because, I mean, you still no. got paid for your day <clears throat> being there. So, yes, and that would have been a bonus that, job that anyway. Be, right. And that could be future earnings because he might call you back to do something else. I mean, you, you never know. Word of mouth. Back I mean, that's the, a big part back of your business. To that, back to that whole kind of conundrum or whatever you want to call it. It, it, I did pause for a second because I'm like, I thought to myself for the first time ever, I've, I, I have this situation where... 
I, I kind of know in the back of my head, there's no way I'm never going to open this thing. That would be, in my mind, ludicrous. Like, I, I don't, yeah. I can't wrap my head around. But at the same time, I'm like, wow, this is from 87 and it's unopened and I have it in my possession. And I, I did kind of think about it for a second, but it didn't take me long to come to the conclusion that, yes, there's no way I'm not going to open this. But to me, like, the fact that I get to document it and open it for the first time and cut that tape and and experience opening up this again which will never happen in my life again i'll never get to reopen a toy like this brand new like i did on that christmas morning in 1987 that's never going to happen again so this will be a very pretty amazing experience for me it sounds maybe superficial or silly to some people but um i don't care that that's you know that's why i have this room that's why i have this hobby Obviously, this stuff is very meaningful to me, um, tied into my childhood and my experiences as a child, and um, I think I handled this stuff, this hobby responsibly. And this this item here, it is a toy, it is a thing, it is not important, but it is something that means a lot to me and is special to oh, me. So, man, forget all that because what is important beyond? I mean, when it comes to material. Well, things, you know, right? it, it's interesting because we're going like to have the same conversation. Is what matters. Right, and we're going to have the same conversation in a way for our main topic, which I think sure. is very interesting as well, because what other people might find silly or superficial or meaningless, um, I, I find it I find it kind of odd when people are so judgmental or opinionated in that in that right. field. I think that's, so. If you found a fishing rod or something, that would be okay to enjoy, but because it's a child's toy, you know yeah. what I mean? Some like, people might have dumb. that opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's just stupid. You know what and I mean? you know, Everybody there are those, has a hobby. Everybody has something that brings them joy. Who cares? And there are those that don't don't have any kind of. Maybe it's because um, I don't know. Like my brother, for example, we had the same upbringing, same childhood. He doesn't care anything about this stuff. He just has a different personality. He has different interests. Yeah, so well, nostalgia that, that doesn't is, have the same. Exactly. Everybody's different, man. Some things. Right. right. No. Yeah. I, dude, I think so, it's cool. I think it's cool. I think. You need to get that thing open, hook it up. I can't wait. Make yourself a little <laughs> jump or whatever in the backyard. No, well, well, let's go back to that because here's what I'm going to do. This, this is in my mind. I'm going to open it very carefully. I'm going to cut the right. tape with the razor knife, and I'm going to preserve all the packaging the best I can. And Yeah, um, for sure. I But I will take this thing outside and very carefully use it. And I hear that sound again of the of that little DC motor revving with the, yeah. the knobby tires running against the driveway. I, w I will do that. Now, I'm not going to jump it off ramps and go through mud and all that stuff I probably did when I was a kid oh, and flip man. it upside well, down or whatever. Thing, I could see probably not wanting to do that. I mean, I could see not wanting to break it, but... <laughs> right. But, but I, I, mean, I will use this Have item some again. fun with it. Drive it around the house like... Uh, didn't Gizmo? Gizmo was on one, right? And, uh, oh, Gremlins. yeah. And, of course, you got RC from Toy Story. It's modeled after this same kind of car. Yeah. So that goes to show you how popular that style of RC car yeah, was. Man, but, um, you know. So that's what I'm going it, to do. Hide but it, it in was... the back room and zip it out and hit your <laughs> wife when she's cooking breakfast. You know? <laughs> but it was Scare funny because Bobby, my oldest, was like, are you going to open that? You're going to devalue that? And I, we had, oh, you know, the same conversation. Now, now he's not, you he's buy, not you one. You didn't get it to flip, though. No, he wasn't like suggesting that I should. He was just asking, right. like, "What are you going? No, no, are understand. you going to do this?" So it was interesting that 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 conversation came up kind of right away with my kids. They were like, "What are you well, going to do?" Let's it's put it like this: open. if that was a twenty thousand dollar item, then obviously you're having a different 
thinking. You're going to think right. of it because you could sell that and then just buy one on eBay that's open and play with that one. I mean, right. you know. But so, I mean, right. to me, I mean, what's, what's more crazy to think of is I, I've been wanting this for so long and I'm not even going to, I'm going to leave it in the box. I mean, to me, right. that's crazy. If that somebody wants to think I'm crazy for opening it, because you why? can have an empty box. <laughs> right. There could be nothing I mean, in there but in, rocks. In, in theory, if you're just leaving it in the box, you could still have that same experience by just leaving the box on the shelf and be like, yep, there's my box car and still play with the car. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's well, not like it's part of the display, like a, like I could see like a, a Star Wars figure in the bubble pack or whatever, right? You can, you can see it. You know what I mean? It's all displayed right. there. This isn't the same well, thing. This is an enclosed box. You can't see the car. So yeah, let play me, that thing, man. Let me tell you how this is going to sit on my shelf. There's going to be the box, and the car right. is going to be out of the box, sitting on top of the box with the with the controller out. That's there to me is. how it's going to be uh, displayed in my room. That way you Good. see the box, and you see the car, and it's all right there. You can pick it up and touch it if you want. That's and awesome. you can also take it out and play with it if you want. Well, I'm gonna have to play. Make, put, I'm gonna have to make a visit to you or pay you a visit just so I can play. <laughs> we'll with time the car. it for too many games again. It'd be awesome. Yeah, but anyway, um, this was uh, the for me so far. This was the find of a lifetime. I'm, the chances of stumbling upon something like this from such a great time in my life, uh, a toy that I never thought I would stumble upon or find in any fashion, it'd be given to me. Yet again, by a, a kind customer, um, was just just crazy and just um, unbelievable to me. And I, I'm super excited to get into that. And I I'm I haven't made a YouTube video in a long time, and I'm I'm looking forward to making another one. Yeah, with I'm this looking car. forward to it, man. That sounds awesome. It's just gonna be a little like my, I'll have one of my kids record me, and I'm gonna open it up, and I'm gonna yeah. you know I'll take it outside, and we'll, we'll show how it works. And it's it's gonna be pretty fun to do. But yeah, there's my story, and I I just I'm elated. I'm still. I'm looking at this box, and that that was a huge nostalgia rush for me. I mean, more so than I felt in a long time when I saw that box. And again, like I told you before, I knew I had this red remote control car, but I didn't remember that it was a Sears Lobo too until I saw that box. And it just. I think I almost. I think I got dizzy. Like it sounds so silly, but I was no, like, oh my god! You're gosh. excited, man. And the I was I mean, so excited. And the fact is, that it was almost meant to be because it was the last second thing the guy asking yeah, yes, you to do. Yes, yes. The fact that yes. it just happened to be wherever you were at. I've I've had these situations, Duke, where the exact right time, right place. The if I'd have came an hour earlier, it wouldn't have happened. If I came an hour <laughs> yep. later, it wouldn't have happened. It was just the perfect thing, and you know. Someone yep, threw a, 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 a towel over it, you would have never even noticed it. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, some what just Walmart the timing bag of could things. could have been leaning on it or something. You would have never even noticed it. You never it, know, so. right? Yeah. So it was such an exciting moment, and I, I still have more excitement to come with this because, again, I'm going to open it up and get to touch it again and all that stuff. Yeah. And get the, I can't get wait the to, quit, to make a little video and, and, and drag this out as long as I can and, you might and have put to it on my a, shelf. A, a, another video. Uh, I have to dust off old uh, 9080 or whatever his name was. <laughs> Stuck in the <laughs> <ice>. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good point. You know, you never know. You never might know. have to make two videos out of this thing, man. Make yep. a comeback. So look forward. Uh, I'm going to put some pictures um, on the Discord um, after this episode goes up. I think I'll wait till the episode's up, um, and then I'll I'll be making a video as well. So, 
that that's my story and i couldn't be more excited and for me it's like a it's got to be one of the most um impactful or special moments in my retro collecting hobby that i've been doing now for what 12 13 years something mm -hmm. like that um that i just i never would have thought would have happened so it's it was it was amazing and i'm very thankful that i have it in my possession and it was gifted to me out of kindness and the customer was like, I'm so glad I found a nice home. It really So anyway, I so going back to what the lady said in the text, I, I kind of reread it and I was like, I think she what she was telling me was she bought it and never gave it to her son. Like I didn't get that until I realized it had never been opened. Right. So I was like, Oh, that's what you meant. So I was just like, Wow, that's what what are the chances? <laughs> you know, it's gotta be one in a billion. So It'll it'll never happen again. I've had little mini versions of something like this happening with, with oh, other yeah. items, but nothing that that was this meaningful, this unopened and unused, and and all no, that that's stuff. That's really cool. So, I, I mean, I, I've yeah. had some similar things to that, but that's that's a really cool story, dude. Especially, yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this model car before. I think I, in pretty, our Christmas I'm sure episode, I have, yeah. Well, we were talking about gifts that we got as a yeah, kid. Yeah, I know. I brought I'm, it up. I'm sure yep. we that came up. So that's pretty cool, dude. You manifested it, yeah. man. You had it out there. <laughs> what about you? Have you gotten any pickups before we um, go to our main topic here? Yeah, just I mean, just the typical bunch of tapes and stuff like that. But. Um, Nothing, nothing really crazy jumps out. And I, I, I did I tell you about the Mickey Mouse TV? I can't um, remember what we talked about last. You told episode. me, but I don't know if you mentioned on the podcast or not. Well, I, I'll, I'll make it brief. Uh, you, you know the little CRTs that Disney was putting out that and other Nickelodeon. There was like a Ninja Turtles and a SpongeBob, and uh, there's these theme TVs, right? Um, yeah. Disney had a few. They had a princess TV. And they had a Mickey Mouse TV that had a little, and the speakers on the top looked like Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah. And um, it's a, yeah. it's a pretty nice set. Well, I was bored, just kind of doing my thing, looking through local stuff, Facebook groups, and stuff like that. And uh, I've been looking for one. I had passed on this TV before. Matter of fact, I'm really mad when I think about it because I have a really nice set that that even had the compatible DVD player underneath it. But at the time, it just wasn't something I was interested in. And they were kind of almost trying to give it to me. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. And, uh, well, anyway, I, I've been thinking about that. And it's like, man, that would look really cool in uh, YouTube videos or or just, just in general, you know, because I'm a collector. So uh, lady had a listing. Uh, the price was really good. And I messaged her, hey, you know, like, do you have the remote? She goes, oh, I think so. Uh, let me look around. And then she didn't get back right away. And I just thought, like, uh, I should have, like, forget the remote. Let's just get this, you know, remote or not. Let's just get it. But she got back to me. She found the remote. And, um, yeah, went and picked it up. I, I did a little drive. It took me about, I don't know, maybe about 45 minutes to get to her place. And is in the middle of nowhere. I, I salvaged the, well, besides getting the TV, there is a thrift store out in that area. It's, um... There's a little town that's kind of near where I'm at, relatively speaking, called Los Banos, California. She's just outside of that. So okay. uh, I, I even forget the name of her town, but whatever this little, it's even a more rinky-dink town than Los Banos. So uh, on the way back, hit that thrift store, found a couple of things that was interesting there too. But uh, for the most part, it's a cool TV. Got the little 
Mickey Mouse ears. Really nice set. I mean, it, it would have been cool. really cool to have this as a kid, you know? Like, not that yeah. I was the hugest Mickey Mouse fan or anything. I mean, I wasn't against it, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, not super into Mickey or anything, but it just looks really cool. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, it's probably about the coolest thing I've gotten in the last month. But anyway, yeah, you have, um, you'll have to put a picture of that up on the Discord. I don't think I've seen a picture of it yet. So yeah, yeah, I'll, episodes, I'll, uh, I'll throw a picture up on it. I'll pop something up for sure after yeah. we're done recording. Anyways, cool. let's get to the main topic. Yeah, I just did a whole bunch of talking. Why don't you? Uh, well, let me just start by saying everybody knows the game Tetris. At this point, right. it's like thirty-five years old, and we're yeah. talking about the NES version. Yes. And something I think is quite unbelievable and amazing and super awesome and really fun happened and why don't you go ahead and start well what, what happened there chris with, with with a lot of retro games especially ones that are um score based right let's say like pac-man a donkey kong things like that yeah. um they have what's called a kill screen at some point the game kind of runs out of memory and and mm-hmm. uh it 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 goes to a point and then the game just stops and the arcade um, Donkey Kong has a famous kill screen that I've actually seen on my Donkey Kong cabinet. Um, yeah, you've which, done it. Yeah, I did it. It was crazy. Um, but um, it, it's really like a, a kind of a war of attrition, right? I mean, you really have to put in some time. Well, the thing about Tetris is um, it gets so difficult when you get to level 29 that most people never thought that getting beyond level 29 was even possible. So, matter of fact, uh, the way all the stories say, I mean, who knows, because we're not really hearing it from game developers, but the kind of the, the narrative that's being pushed is um, that, that they never thought that it would, the, the, the developers never thought anybody would get past level 29. Okay, so. That's correct, yeah. And it, it's just because the game is just so unbelievably fast at that point, there is zero chance for mistakes at that point. Well, a few years ago, they came up with a um, a technique that was called um, rolling. It was a rolling technique yes. where, you know, they, they had this thing where the way they rolled their hand, I, you know, I don't want to speak too much on it because I don't know how to do it, but I'm just going by <laughs> what I've seen. Essentially, it's the way they hold the controller. Uh, they're rolling their fingers or something. And anyways, it makes it makes whatever they're doing with the controller work quicker, the response time um, increased and they were able to go beyond level 29. Um, so after yeah, they just had real quick, I just, yeah, let me just ahead. insert real quick that oh, there was do. an evolution of, of tapping style. So that was, that well, was that's, like the that's final. The fr- I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm getting there. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go no, ahead. I'm getting there. So the rolling technique, or I mean, yeah, the rolling technique was the first big breakthrough as far as getting further into Tetris mm-hmm. to be able right. to advance in the game. And that became the standard. If you wanted to be an elite Tetris player, <laughs> yep. you had to know this rolling technique or you would not be able to compete. It was just impossible. There's right. a, it was just that much of a game changer. You, If you didn't do it, you were done. Well, along the way, um, I forget the guy's name, another... Tetris player came up with a different technique called tapping. So he, hold, he the way they hold the controller looks very it looks odd and I mean it's only going to work <laughs> yeah. for games like this but um they're kind of holding the controller with one hand on the right side of the controller and with their left hand they're tapping the back of the controller. So somehow by using this technique it has 
increase their reaction time, the spin time, you know, ratio for the for the pieces or the tet. What are they called again? Tetri? Uh, I forget. Te- yeah, te- something te- te- like te- that. Te- something. Whatever. Testosterone or something. Yeah, like that. that's. I was going to say that too, but it's something <laughs> like that. But um, anyway, they're able to uh, increase that. So that has really blown the doors off the game. Now they're looking beyond, or they were looking beyond just um, high scores and stuff, um, because there had been uh, go back a little bit. Um, there's there's a thing within within games, uh, especially retro games that um, they, they have what's called a, a, a TAS, right? So it's a tool-assisted speed run or mm-hmm. um, just it, – it, it doesn't always have to be a speed run per se, but it, that's – there might be another one for what we're talking about, but just think of it as a TAS, right? So they take – what they do is they break down the code and they put in the perfect – the perfect inputs on the controller so the game thinks that it's being hit perfectly every time to complete the game as fast as possible well i don't necessarily speed really isn't really what we're talking about here this isn't really a a speed run but um a similar thing was done a program was created and they were able to see that the game does crash at some point so then it became who's going to get to this kill screen first now there was uh, two guys going for this this particular weekend. Um, do you remember the other guy's name? Um, no, I just know the the blue scooty. Right. Well, the other guy ended up becoming the second guy to accomplish this. He's the the Buzz Aldrin, right? He's the guy that came out of the capsule second. Um, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Essentially, we'll just call him Buzz. Okay, so Buzz. <laughs> Buzz. <laughs> Buzz was on his, sure. um, and that's pretty disrespectful because the guy seemed like a really nice guy. He was very supportive. He does. Of, he does. He's, yes. he's really he's nice. So I just forgot his name. But um, he was on his uh, Twitch going live, and his goal was, I'm going to keep playing until I get to this to this kill screen. Uh, Blue Scooty has also been trying to do this. This is 13-year-old. Um, he goes by Blue Scooty. Uh, he also has a real name that is not in my notes that I forgot to write I down. I actually wrote it down. I wrote please it down. His say name, it. Go ahead. His name is uh, Willis Gibson. Willis Gibson, yes. Mr. Gibson, This he, he saw what was going on, and, and, like, and, and it's a very competitive scene. Uh, very friendly competitive, though. Like, it doesn't yes. seem like it doesn't seem yes. like there's any hostility with with uh, these upper tier uh, Tetris players, or for the most part. I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs, but you know, from what I've seen, they all seem pretty chill. So uh, he decided, you know what, I better get at it because he's probably going to do it. Uh, because this other guy's, you know, Buzz is a top top tier Tetris player and has had world records or whatever. Um, so Blue Scooty got on and um, he did it. Yep. You know, he <laughs> like did. he, he did. was able to he was able to crash the game, and I felt like the reaction he gave was very appropriate. You know, you could tell it was he was very emotional, but but still kind of reserved. I don't think it was. I've seen some speed run videos where guys have you know they jump up and they're screaming and stomping around and knocking things over and all that and cussing and everything and (laughs) and if that's true to them then then i'm not really judging i'm just saying i have seen these really crazy over-the-top reactions i felt like um this blue scooty's uh reaction was pretty appropriate especially considering a little bit of his backstory uh that we'll get into but um 
So there's a setup. What do you want to add to that, Duke? Well, yeah, you you really covered it very well. Um, I, I'll just say that I I let's go to the community first. Um, I have been very into these speed running uh, videos and uh, a community much like this Tetris one, where they're it's not really speed running; they're just hyper competitive and they're top tier like um, savant type players that can do things that other people can't and beyond. Like even no, even like the outside of this. Okay, so this hyper tapping and and this um, rolling technique right. is is mind-blowing i mean if you see how these kids or these players um do this on the controller you have to see it it's, it's really hard to describe but some of them will put the controller on their foot or yeah. on their knee and they'll wear a glove sometimes in one hand yeah okay and, and i did remember the other guy's name his name is fractal and yes, fractal. Uh, he yeah. actually doesn't wear a glove but he constantly puts lotion on his hand lotion <laughs> yeah, yes. and, and he yeah, uh, he seems like a really nice guy too. But anyway, go ahead. So what you're preceding the rolling technique was the hyper tapping technique, and that's just where you tap the D button really fast, like uh, several times a second. But when the rolling technique was discovered, what you're doing is you're holding a finger or your thumb on the D pad, and you're tapping as you described the back of the controller, like you're tapping your fingers on a table, right? Like all your fingers that you know in a, in a in succession on the table you're kind of doing right. that on the back of the NES controller which allows you to get like I don't know 10 taps a second which they thought it was humanly impossible to move the tetris pieces over to the sides that fast so they thought this could never be done by a person until these techniques were discovered to allow the players to tap faster than you really can with just your thumb on the d-pad um, it's just pretty. That alone is just mind blowing. That they discovered this physical technique to use an original NES controller in a, in a new way that allows them to kind of break the game. So that right there is just really cool. That these and most of these players are younger. They're not like 25, 30 year olds. These are like kids uh, for the for the most part. So it's impressive. I, I like that these younger kids are into retro games. Obviously, I think that's really cool. But um. It seems like most of the community seems to be on the younger side. Um, and it's probably because I think you lose that skill set as you age. You you can't, you're my brain. In fact, watching this video of him, I mean, you can't, the pieces are falling so fast. that And they're, they're not only reacting to the piece that is falling, they're looking at the next piece coming up and making decisions on that piece as they're moving the current piece over in like 0.3 seconds. I don't know how their brains can function that fast. It, it's mind-blowing. But it's well, so fun it, to watch and, and so amazing. Yeah, and it, and it gets a little more difficult as well because um, every time you go through uh, to the next level, right, every time you achieve the, the right amount of, uh, you know, clears to move on, um, the, the, chain, the color changes. Well, the further up you get, it starts running out of colors. So it, it starts it up, yeah. Yeah, it starts pulling weird colors out. So they have what's called the, the charcoal level where this whole yep. thing is like in these really dark colors. So some people's TV screens uh, can't, can't even, even see, see it. So they have to adjust the, the brightness or use uh, or I don't know, maybe they're digging out CRTs out of their parents' garage because a lot of these guys are younger, too. So they probably never even played on a CRT prior to right. this um but uh 
it, it, and then there's other ones that had like a lot of similar colors, a lot, a lot of greens and stuff, which to some people would be hard to pick up for colorblind issues or whatever. So it becomes very difficult on every besides the speed. I mean, it's oh, just yeah. it's visually difficult. And think about it at this point, they're they've been playing for a while now when they're getting to these levels. So um, the fatigue factor has to set in. Uh, going back to the rolling technique, that was um, that began in 2020. The name of the 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 player who who created it was Cheesefish underscore Fish, and um, apparently the hyper tapping was um, was uh, uh, discovered or the technique uh, started with uh, Thor Ackerland, according to this Google search I just did. But okay. apparent, but I guess he did it and. Um, not a lot of people thought they can do it, so it it did. Nobody really did it for a while, and then I guess these uh, younger kids started going back and changing yeah. it. I mean, according to what I just read, but um, so yeah, uh, hyper tapping is yeah. is what it's. If you can if you're not hyper tapping, you're not gonna compete. <laughs> no, you have to use these techniques. Otherwise, it's like impossible to move the. The you can't even get it, yeah. fast enough I mean, you can still to get roll, to these levels. But you're never going to – you can be, you know, old, like <laughs> those old losers who are still rolling, right? You can't – you know. No, I, I think you got it backwards. I think I think hyper-tapping preceded rolling because um, uh, Blue Scooty and the other guy were using rolling. That's where you They're tap it from the back of the controller. Oh, maybe okay. – that's the it's rolling not tapping. Hyper tapping. Okay, okay. Am I saying hyper tapping is when Did you... I say? Okay, let me see. Um, I, you're probably right. Let me see. Uh, the four Gibson ended up advancing. Kill screen. Hmm. Mysterious rolling technique. Yeah, he's the master of the rolling technique, surpassing the hyper tapping. All right. So everything I said earlier, just flip that. The hyper tapping came first, and then the rolling. Yeah. Well, it's weird because they're tapping on the back of the controller, right? They are, but they're, they're, but they're kinda, rolling they're kinda, their fingers. It's like yeah, they're, they they're are tapping. rolling. Yeah, no, you're right. They are just kind of rolling their thing. So yeah. Anyways, um, so that's the current. Got that backwards, but it's the current technique. thing is rolling. Yes, hyper tapping yes. was the old fun. That's what the old timers do. If you want to be with can't. these these young kids, right? These Gen Zs. You can only get so far with rolling. You can't get to these. You can't crash the game with rolling uh, with um, no, no, hyper tapping. No. It's not going to work. Hyper tapping. You have to roll. Yes. 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 Let's that's get correct. that straight. You want to roll, not tap. So, yes, back to the kind of the, the, the details of this. Um, much like you just mentioned, um, they go into this, and I, you, you know me, or maybe you don't know this about me, but I love glitches in old games. Oh, yeah. And we Absolutely. both have a connection, Chris. Uh, you and I, we both love our favorite episode of the AVGN is the Glitch Gremlin episode. Yeah. Absolutely. And I've always been intrigued by breaking games like this and going outside of the boundaries and, and finding these weird things that even the developers didn't know were going to happen. I just find that absolutely fascinating. Um, and that's kind of what happened here. They were mentioning that even the developers didn't think anybody would ever get this far. So when they enter into this glitch color zone after, I'm not sure what level it is, but they go into this this. Uh, section of the game where the colors just randomly kind of make themselves up. It's not like the developers didn't didn't like pick these color schemes. It just kind of starts doing it on its own, which is like a glitch, and that's why they call it the glitch color because they start glitching. The colors start glitching so bad that 
you can't even see them. Like you mentioned, there's charcoal, like you said, and there's like dusk, I think is one of them. Yeah, that was another one, right? Yeah, you really can't see the colors because they're all dark and they're like the same color as the background of the TV or whatever. But so that's an added element, an added challenge. It's not just the the speed and um, all that stuff. Now you've got this glitch that comes in in the middle of it. And the first time it happened, the ki- one of the kids they showed the, in the video, he was like, "Oh, what, I can't see what's going on." Like he didn't he didn't right. even know it was going to happen. But they got this stuff down. They 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 break these games down in the code, and they they can find out so many different things. Like you were talking about with the speed running, they can. Maybe they use AI in some instances or, or programs that know exactly what's going to happen and know exactly what line will crash the game. So they knew that, like you said, that the game was going to crash, but nobody had ever done it without a program. Well, so that's e- where Blue even Scooty watching, comes in. yeah, even watching his um, Blue Scooties video, I mean the the video of him actually beating it, right? You could watch the whole the whole uh, the whole game. I, I watched the whole thing. I did I too. It was it was very. Uh, <laughs> it was great. It was interesting to watch too. But there's, um, <clears throat> that's the thing about the the crashing. You would think that with like the Donkey Kong game, right? Uh, when uh-huh. I crash it, it's about being at a certain level. So once you get beyond a certain part, it crashes. Same thing with the Pac Man. Uh, when when you uh, in the arcade, whenever you get to the kill screen. Um, you know you're there because half the screen is glitched. You can't even see the board. And in order to get a yeah. perfect Pac-Man game, you got to get all the dots, and they're still technically there. You just can't see them, so you have to have that kind of memorized. But um, with this, it 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 goes beyond just the level that you have to be on. Um, I guess you have to get to a certain point where you can begin to crash the game. But it it's about um, it's a combination, right? Because yeah, yeah, he. He only needed to clear one line, and for whatever reason, yes. if he cleared the one line and one line only, it would crash the game. But That's he accidentally dropped it in the wrong spot, and he cleared four lines, which didn't crash the game. So, you know, that was almost kind of a defeat for him in the moment. He almost, I mean, I don't want to be harsh, but he almost blew it, right? Because. Um, had yeah, he not he even recovered, said, he even said, yeah. I missed it during the play. He said, I missed it. Yeah. And had he not recovered, he could have, he wouldn't have crashed the game. I mean, he would have still had some records. Uh, he had gotten the highest score at that point and a few other records, but, um, he wouldn't have been the first to crash the game. And, uh, it yeah, he had already sure broken. Been... There's, there's level, there's right. score and there's lines. So he had already right. broken all three of those yes. and he was going for the screen crash. Right. So he almost missed it, and um, he ended up recovering. But uh, I I also went and watched Fractal's video because he just crashed the game as well. And he actually did did it quicker. He actually did it faster, which is considered the new record now. He'll never be first, so he can't take that from Blue Scooty. That's correct. But he did it on the first uh, level you could do it on. Yeah, the first qualifying level. So now there's... There's thoughts of getting to. Uh, I think they believe. Uh, I might be remembering this wrong. That 255 might be the last level. I think, or something like they. I, they have determined what would be the last level they could possibly get to. So that's another challenge that some of these guys are going for. <laughs> I just um, love this. This is a, this is crazy. Yeah, there's. A, I'll no. just say right now, the Tetris scene is alive and well. I mean, these. 
and, and it's got a whole batch of fresh blood. So anybody who used to be in the game, they, if they're gone, don't matter. There's all kinds of new kids picking up this that torch. This is why one of the reasons I love retro gaming and always will. So this is a 30, 34-year-old game, 35, what, 33, whatever it is, over 30-year-old game that these young kids are playing and they're finding new ways to play them and new challenges and try and once they get to level 255 or whatever there's got to be something else they'll figure out to do to another accomplishment through this game or other sure. or other, another similar game maybe the the Tengen version or something whatever but Bruh. to drag this much Dr. life Mario. out of Mario <laughs> right to drag this much life out of a retro game and if for it to generate this much enthusiasm. This kid made headlines all over the place, and we'll talk about that more in a minute. Yeah, but he this was this was such an amazing accomplishment for this kid to for for someone's brain to be able to function this quickly and with this much precision. I can't comprehend. As you know, we played this game for the uh, Beat the Bandy Challenge, and I am particularly bad at Tetris, and I right. tried my hardest. And you came in and last place in the I, <laughs> It I was my first loss to yeah. um, Matt's wife, Krista. Is that her name, correct? Yeah. Yes, okay. that was the first Krista, bandy to actually win the bandy challenge. That is correct. And I tried so hard, and I just... So I have an, a, a deep appreciation for this, because I'm not good at these types of games. These puzzle games where your mind has to work very fast, and you have to think ahead. That is not how I... That is not my strength in, in video games. Um, so I appreciate the skill behind it because it's something I don't have. So I got, I mean, compared to this kid, I got nowhere in Tetris. So to see this 13 year old kid, um, go so far, almost beyond what they thought a human being could even do, I just think is awesome and fantastic. And back to his reaction, it was so like, I'm watching that video and I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear. And when he beats it, yes, he's like hyperventilating and he's like, oh, he's like freaking out. And yeah, he's, but, but I, I didn't I'm think smiling. It was too bad. Yeah. No, I, I think it was genuine. I think it was sweet. I missed it. Oh my God. Just please crash. This kid obviously um, was just super excited. I mean, to, to achieve something like that and to know that you're the first one to do it for from a game that is this old, that that's a big accomplishment. And I don't consider that a superficial thing. I don't I don't consider that a waste of time or anything silly. I think that is heart, determination, 
uh, dedication, all these virtuous things that I think are good that you really shouldn't take away from from someone for even though it's a game or it's a toy, whatever you want to say. I just think it's a great moment in retro gaming history that will probably, I mean, again, it made it made headlines around the world. Um, so it's that big of a deal, and I think it's warranted. I think it really deserved it, and I think it's that neat of an accomplishment. And back to the community, as you mentioned. I'm also drawn to this community because, and also speedrunning community, it does seem like it's, it's a little more healthier, I'll say, because... Um, unlike, I guess, the general gaming community, which can be, to use a phrase, toxic and divisive and get all these opinions about emulation and, and, stuff. and yeah. gatekeeping and all the Now, we all have our opinions on what we like, but I, I don't ever judge anybody for doing things sure. differently, using save states, whatever. You got all that nonsense. You got all different. But in this community, it's these are like the upper end competitors. These are like um, savants. I don't know if that's the right term, but... These are really, really skilled outside of the norm. And they, they seem to genuinely like support each other and cheer each other on. And it's competitive, but I have yet to see anything in the speedrunning community or this Tetris community, other games like this, where you're, you're doing these amazing things that seem to be toxic or negative. It, it seems a little more healthy than I'm used to seeing in the gaming community. And that does attract me because I like seeing that. Now, I'm sure it exists. They are humans. Well, of course, and there's I'm some sure there's drama here and there. And stuff, yeah. But you're not, you're not. What I'm seeing, and like the video you sent me, I instantly subbed to that guy because I was like, this, this is what I like about YouTube. Yeah. Is this kind of content? There's no e-begging or Patreon. He's just a kid in front of a camera or a young person in front of a camera, passionate about this thing. And the, the video that you sent me, he was also a. Tetris champion to some degree, but he, he did a great job with this video. He was mm-hmm. very well spoken. It was yeah. very well put together. You got to have decent lighting and sound and stuff like that for it to be um, entertaining. But I, I just like that these videos are a little more simple and they're just people that are passionate about their hobby or whatever they're into. And it's outside of a lot of the stuff that we see in the community sometimes with like Pat the NES Punk. And I don't know if you saw this recent drama with that. Um, the guy that had the um, the charity, so the, com- the completionist, how the he completionist, he yes, held all that. back, a, or allegedly, let's let's not get sued, but um, he allegedly <laughs> uh, held a bunch of money back, uh, and or his company, and they didn't donate a lot of uh, charity. There was he has a lot of charity uh, drives, right, where they're raising money for yeah. um, dementia. Uh, and it was yes. supposed to be because his mother died from dementia, uh, dementia, and um, and uh, it was something that was near and dear to him and his family. And they, uh, several occasions through several different charity events, had raised um, a substantial amount of money. And uh, I'm not quite sure who got on his case and who started looking around, but somebody discovered um, that he hadn't donated the money. So kind of you know video here video there you know one thing you don't want is that carl jobs you don't ever want to see was. your yeah and you don't never want to see your name <laughs> and no. carl jobs you don't want to see that if you no. you're you are screwed man that dude don't play it, billy mitchell and now now gerard um yep. they found out so the hard I, way I saw some of that drama and just yeah. like that's what I'm talking about. You're not, yeah, I don't see sucks. any of that kind of stuff in no. the speedrunning community or 
a Tetris community or whatever. I mean, it, there, just there's, genuine... the, there's the occasional cheating scandals. There's definitely... Yes. And, and yep. Carl has on his channel. That is something that I actually... Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed all this Gerard drama. I mean... I haven't I watched see, some of it, too. I'm not going to lie. I, I hate to see anybody fall from grace, okay? Like, that. that's kind of... That sucks. You know, you've, you've done all this work and... You know, and and all these people are supporting you, and, and he's disappointed a lot of people. Um, yeah. Or allegedly, maybe maybe there's a there's something's gonna come out to prove the other way. But in this moment, it seems like uh, he held back a, a large amount of money, six hundred thousand that ended up getting donated after yes after Carl and this other gentleman. I forget the other guy's name, but there was two people. Apparently, they were working together. They're like uh, Scooby Doo over there. They're, they they got on the I mean, a couple of them going at it, but um, they tag teamed this guy. They had him on a phone call. He even kind of I don't know, kind of tried to bribe him. I, I, I mean, yep, yep, I don't I heard know. Yep. I don't know how else you can explain what he was saying. He's like, I'm not saying I'll give you a bunch of money to make this go away. I'm just right. like, is that what you're saying? Because it sounds like that's what you're saying. But yeah, um, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, the guy was obviously panicking, and maybe he wasn't aware. I mean, it's possible he just, instead of being, because apparently they had the money, or he had the money to recoup it, so, I mean, unless he just pulled out 600 grand out of out no, of his... No, it, it was all in an account. In some sort it of account, all, so, yeah. I, you know, maybe it was just poor management, as opposed to, they're trying well, to make it seem like he's stealing the money. Some people are complaining that now the money has lost some of it due to inflation. Yes. Inflation. Um, right. That's fair. Well, I, I mean, mean that's more, a, that's more a than fair that, thing. it's like they, 10, 10 years this went on well, for. Well, that's so a for long 10 years, time, right? This this money was supposed to be used for research and for right. the, and all that stuff. In so here's what, and this makes sense to me. Again, I I, I followed all this stuff too. It was pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like the the scheme would have been, you you put this money into an account. It's like a retirement fund, and then right. you somehow dissolve the charity, and it yeah. it just you go bankrupt you just, or something, you just and then fade it's, away. let it sit yeah. for a couple of years, and then it's just sitting there for for you to yeah. use. And that's that's a terrible thought to somebody be that sure. dishonest and and cynical or whatever. Um, and I, I don't know the guy. I'm not going to judge well, no, him. Well, no, but this is this is the accusation. We're not this making is, this, this is accusation, what, but this is what is out there. This and, is I mean, why what, where maybe, else are you going with it? Yeah, right. This is why maybe this could have happened is because this was the plan. Yeah, this was right. the it's scheme, a possibility, the right? Because he's and trying to blame way, it on somebody else. Like, oh, you know, someone else mismanaged it. He's not taking a lot of accountability. He put out that video that man. If I was him, I'd delete it. But I guess it doesn't matter because everybody's already recorded it. But he looks terrible. Like he's trying to threaten yeah. the guy. Look all mean at the end. I'm yeah, gonna was, sue you. Cringy. And he looked all like he's all hardcore at the end. It's like, dude, relax. You're not. It was pretty just chill, dude. Like, uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, <laughs> it was very so I, hard I to did, watch. And then recently, he put out a new video, right? Did you see his new video? I, I saw that he put one out. I didn't see it though. Well, if, if you don't want to watch the whole video, I don't blame you. But watch the first few minutes, and uh, he gets on there, and he's like, "Listen, I know I let a lot of people down, and I'm really sorry, and we're going to try to make things right. And for those who stick around, I appreciate it. And let's get to the video. Let's let's play some <laughs> Mario. <laughs> you know, it's just right. like got to get Mario out of this, dude. He didn't deserve that. You're gonna drag Mario in this to try to save your reputation. It probably would have been better right. if we just like slipped away forever. Just just give it up." 
up, you know. Yeah, I mean, but, honestly, you know, I think I would. Well, I, mean, I would have crawled in a hole. I don't think you would ever the, heard here's from the bottom me again. Name is change, everything. Whatever. The bottom line is whatever, whatever he was going to do or not going to do with the money is irrelevant. Along the right. way, he lied. He lied a lot. Absolutely, because he was so, saying that every single. Here's the other lie as well. If you go back and they show these clips of him and these events, and he was saying every single dollar is going, everything, every penny. But then we don't touch a penny. Of, yeah, right. But then all of a sudden he came. Well, whoa, we got to pay expenses and we got to do this and that. And it's like, okay, <laughs> right, that's right. that might be fair and maybe that's normal amongst charity uh, organizations. But how about this? Instead of donating to the middleman, how about just donate straight to the charity if you want to. Yep. Send yep. the dementia, I forget the name of the, whatever, whatever it is, the dementia charity. It sounds terrible, but if you want to <laughs> send it to them, just send them the money. Don't send it to some YouTuber who's like gaining right. clout or whatever, because a lot of them do that. Pat's got a thing. Uh, I don't know, Absolutely. man. Just just donate. to If you really want to donate, donate. And I understand that sometimes these drives inspire people to donate who wouldn't normally donate so i don't think they're inherently bad but um gerard definitely made them all look bad well and i the, bet you the there's a difference. lot of other guys out there who are sweating right now i bet yeah. you there's a lot of dudes out there who are low-key uh sending off some money real quick you know what i mean because <laughs> he absolutely i can't imagine he's the only guy who's done this he's just the well, first major guy to get caught that i know of What's different too is uh, compared to someone like I'll just use the example of Cartridge Club. They they use a pre-existing known, like Gerard made his own charity. Yeah. It's his. Yes. Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. It was. It went through him. He got the money. Right. And that's not what most. Str- so they get the tax write-off too, right? I mean, I I, I, don't, I don't know. know it seems it, it seems like there's a benefit, right? You have your own charity, and I don't know. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of they, rich people, end up with foundations. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> so you know a lot of other streamers and Twitchers or whatever, and and they'll they'll just use um I forgot the name of it. It's a very common one, and it's yeah. just you're just helping them out. You're not you're not t- like the Cartridge Club doesn't bring money in and then disperse no, no, it. No, no, no. I, I know. I yeah, definitely. And it's we're not talking about the same level of donations here. We're talking about which yeah, was is, potentially was a million dollars. Yeah, and potentially. Yeah. I mean, he might have just scratched a check for six hundred gur, but. I mean, we don't yeah. really know. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure somebody's going to know when they start going through all his records. Yeah, it's out there now. But so. anyway, back yeah. to the point is there's not drama like that in this community. It just seems like a bunch of young kids playing Tetris, trying to break records, going to events. You know, yeah. it seems very wholesome. It, it does. And again, there's always going to be... There's always going to be stuff going on, and no matter what community you you are a part of, but right. it seems a little more um, just focused on the competition and the games, and uh, where again back to the general gaming community, um, where people will also talk about politics and other things, and it all intertwines together, and it, that's where yeah. you get your divisiveness and all the stuff that is what I don't like. But um, it, so it is kind of refreshing to see this community that seems to be operating. Back to the way I remember when I first got into the community where I didn't know everybody's politics and didn't want to know everybody's politics. I just wanted to share my hobby with other people. Um, And that kind of uh, slowly went away over time as uh, these YouTube personalities got more popular 
and they had to put out content and then you had drama with like even ABGN with uh, stealing people's works and stuff like that. It's right. just e- even him who's really good at staying away from drama even got involved in some for a while. Sure. Um, so anyway, I, I, I am attracted to this community and I think it, it kind of lends itself to some of these personalities that we're seeing with like Blue Scooty who just seem very innocent and genuine and they're just trying to uh, do their thing and, and, achieve a, a goal or whatever. So now I guess we can talk about the, there's, there was some drama involving him specifically. Yeah. And, um, so <laughs> this, this is, um, interesting. So as I well, mentioned, we, we really a, should have the reporter's name, right? But I don't think neither well, one of us I'm wrote going that to down. Put, <laughs> uh, I did not. She is from go, Australia. Why don't you She's go ahead American. and Google it? Yeah. It was yeah awkward. You know what? Give me a second here. All right. I looked it up. And it was a Sky News um, anchor, or no, it was a British, okay, it was a British anchor. Her name was Jane, how'd you say it again? Skecker? S-E-C-K-E-R? Yeah, Skecker. There you go. That name. Um, Anyway, (laughs) she she just had like this sarcastic crap to add in, you know, like, oh, you know, you need to go outside and, uh, you know, the same old tired ass tropes about video gaming oh maybe you need to go outside and get some sun and go play or something it's like like trying to diminish like trying to shit all over this kid after he you know had this very heartwarming moment you know he had accomplished this goal and um not hurting anybody his mother's very supportive it you know it seems like he's in a, a good space the community everybody seems really kind to him and you know this lady this old hag over here just trying to take a shot at him for absolutely no reason and it's such a it's just such a boomer thing to do you know what i mean well 13 year old american willis gibson has technically proven that wrong he beat the original nintendo version of the game by reaching such a high level that the coding froze that left the program unable to generate any more falling blocks. As a mother, I would just say step away from the screen, go outside, get some fresh air. Beating Tetris is not a life goal. Speaking of fresh air, let's get a look at the weather. It it was obnoxious, and there is a reason. There is a reason for it, and the reason is something that is something out there that happens a lot that is a problem. And it's it's the social media-driven mindset where everybody's got to know what you think. And you think what you think is so important that you just have to say it. And here's a news anchor who has a platform. And she's got to, Who could watch this video of this sweet kid doing this thing? His mother comes in, gives him a high five. There's this dogs barking in the background. It's a yeah. sweet setting. Um, now, also, his father just passed away. Yeah, I was going to say, his father also... Passed away, uh, passed away recently. Uh, like real recently, relatively like last recently. month, yeah, like with in a few December. months or something, right? So and and he dedicated he this dedicated achievement to his father. To his father, he had this really heartwarming interview talking about how he knows his father would have been proud of him because his father was very supportive. And um, in this, this lady's got to just say this. You know, I mean, maybe now, it wasn't as mean spirited as we're taking it, but it was definitely it, it no was, reason to throw it, it in. What, the way she said it, and and very condescending. knowing the the mindset of people like her, right? It's condescending. It's snooty. It's judgmental. 
and it's obnoxious. And I, I thought, and I, I don't, I'm not one to jump on a bandwagon and bash people and, and virtue signal. And I would never say something like yeah, that. Well, I'm not, I've never been like hard. that. But man, that that when I saw that video of her, I was like, you got who could watch this video and and have something bad and find something negative to say. I just I don't understand people like that. To me, I was smiling ear to ear. Not just because I'm in the gaming community and I have an interest in it. I don't care what this was. If this kid was a pool player or whatever, and I saw a kid, a 13 year old kid, right? Now she may not. I don't think she knew her his father died. That's fine. Maybe she didn't know that. Yeah, but outside I mean, that's, of even that's that, really neither here nor that. No, yeah, that really no. doesn't matter. If she no. did know that, then shame on her. But. I, I can't assume that she knew that. But she says, as a mother... And she just throws in this flippant, yeah, you yeah, she's know, like, I she's like, as a mother, kids, I say, you know? she says, get outside yeah. and ride a bike or something. Video games right. is not a lifetime achievement or so- something like right. very like condescending. For no reason and I'm at like, all. Nobody asked. I'm like, nobody asked you. Just report yeah, what you, on the what news. What do you do with your life, lady, besides read a teleprompter? Where, what do, what's your big accomplishment? You got a job. Well, she Big deal. she got <laughs> you know all I mean? kinds of backlash. Oh, she um, got from, dragged pretty hard, dude. From all over the place. I think she. I didn't. Re, I didn't see it, but I think she did um, put an apology out there and good yeah, on her. Well, of course, she was probably she pressured do? to do it. Yeah, of course. But one of my favorite rebuttals to her ridiculous comment. Um, let me see here. I've, I've put it in my notes here. Some, some, somebody on Twitter named Optimus. Uh, it says grilled the Sky News anchor posting the 50-year-old news anchor who probably spends 11 hours a day scrolling Facebook reels and right. Pinterest seems really bitter. A 13-year-old did something nobody could do in like half a century of the game existing. <laughs> and I was like, exactly. that is the perfect rebuttal because, Well, yes. and it's so true. What does she do to waste her time? Right. And who is she you know? to – look, first of all, who is driving this kid to all these competitions? His mom. Right. His mom is supporting him. His mom comes in the video and gives him a high five. His yep. dad supported him. Yep. That that that's all I need to know. If his parents and his family support him in this right. endeavor, and who says he doesn't go outside and ride his bike? Who does? How does she know how much time he spends? She First really of all, don't playing know. this game. Yeah, she's not know what nothing. time it was. It could have been a Saturday night when he late at night when he's playing this game. You don't know what. This you're making wild assumptions, and so what if all op- he does is want to play video games? Who cares? It was an opportunity for her right. to make herself feel better than him. It was oh uh, sure. This yeah. is this is stupid. This is silly. Um, go outside and play. It, it's just uh, it's like you said, tired and obnoxious to have an opinion like that on something that I think is even if you don't care about video games or whatever. How could you watch that video and come up with something negative or cr- critical to say? I just I cannot wrap my head around someone like that. So she deserves all the backlash that she got. It was completely well, obnoxious. Well, in, in contrast, uh, earlier today you had sent me a, a an interview that you you had found. Uh, it was another news interview where they were interviewing the mother and him, and and he was going over a little bit of the story. You know, it's condensed because you know they only got give him like four minutes or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, you could tell that. They definitely did not want to get shit on, <laughs> so they were. Um, they they caught oh, wind of the backlash, great. you know. Yeah, they were not getting backlash. I say the only thing that that lady said that bugged me. I believe she said um, like an over the top reaction or something like that, and I just thought, eh, who are you to say that well, that's over the top or wh- however what she say, phrased it. Was- it. 
it was an over the top accomplishment. That's why it matched what he did. Dude, you it, don't. It, I mean, it, if it, you've ever okay, I, and I'm nowhere on that level of what this kid accomplished. But when I got my the first no death run on Contra. My my uh, blood was pumping, adrenaline was pumping. You know what I mean? Like, be, at the moment, you know when you're, you know you're gonna beat it, but you know you don't want to blow it. You know that's a lot. Chris, and when it's every done, time, every you know? time I beat the bandy, I get up in my room, I do a backflip, I do a dance. Yeah, every time I beat him, wow. it's I mean, the same should. exhilarating we, feeling. We really need to see <laughs> some video month. of that. But <laughs> well, here's what I'll say. I mean, I <clears throat> I fully support. As a 48-year-old man, I support these endeavors in children. I think they're healthy. I think they're good. Look, I don't think this kind of thing is supported enough. Yes, you have to keep yourself in check. Yes, if you stay in front of your TV all day long, every day, and do nothing else, that is not healthy. But at the same time, this type of achievement, it shows virtues that are not celebrated much anymore in our culture dedication tenacity mental strength concentration drive there's something to be said for the human spirit that just wants to accomplish something even if it seems superficial or silly to some people it's it's a game yes but he did he worked at something and 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 met a goal and achieved it this is why we have skyscrapers and this is why we have iPhones and people landing on the moon because we have this spirit about us that just likes to progress and to move forward and to accomplish things and that is not celebrated anymore I don't want to get political or anything but more I see now is you deserve this you should get this but not you should work hard for this and you may not achieve it and you may not be a winner at everything but try you know put your backbone into it work hard make sacrifices those types of things i celebrate and i when i see a young person like this work hard dedicate some time put some skill and and mental strength into something i celebrate that and i wouldn't i wouldn't say a negative thing about it now yes if he if there's a, if it's detrimental to his lifestyle or his health, you got to step in. You got to keep that well, in check. There's, like, there's just like people else. who I, I know from uh, a family member who got hooked on um, Diablo and those kind of games where they're spending a lot of time at the computer. I mean, there there are situations like that. And okay, well, this kid's going to school. I mean, I had no indication that um, he's not a normal kid doing a lot of normal things. He just this is his hobby. You don't know. Well, 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 you don't know what kind of neighborhood. he. You don't know anything. They're making a lot of assumptions. You know what I mean? Look, he like, spent he just got in front of a television camera with adults on a couple of different news interviews and spoke very clearly, very yeah. well with confidence. This is yeah. not some uh, this is not some uh, deranged, weird basement dweller whatever you want to say that doesn't function socially he was seems like a very normal healthy kid he probably handled so, himself better than i would have you stuck the camera in yeah, my face i might have same knows what i would have said yeah. this kid needs to be hoisted up on people's shoulders and and celebrate it i mean i, I think he did an amazing thing yeah it was cool um, and showed a lot of virtues that i personally like to celebrate and think are a lost thing in our culture now it's all about what you deserve and entitlement like entitlement yes that they, they, i just should have this because i deserve it well why what did you do you know there, there's there's never mind anyway it, it, yeah. <laughs> i could go on a tangent about it but my point is is what that reporter said uh, should be uh, criticized and it kind of got my blood boiling a little bit because it is it is a shame that people will take 
someone's moment like that, that really is there's nothing bad in that video. There's nothing bad. There's no evidence of any kind of no, he's not, problem. He's not in fact, even I see nothing or but or nothing. Right. He's just and he's, he's got really this chill. family that supports it. He's got yeah. this nice home, and he's got this mom comes in, gives him a high five, and he's like, "Look, mom, look what I did. It froze." And that that again, that's all I need to know. He's got a supportive family. He's got his parents behind him. I'm sure they're sensible enough to keep it. Again, they're making sacrifices. They're taking him to these events, these competitions. Sure. They're to taking him to these competitions and conventions and stuff. Yeah. And as a parent, I can relate. That's that's sacrificial. It takes your time. I got, I take my daughter to dance because she loves it. I, you know, it's hard work sometimes to try to get home in time and all that kind of stuff. And that's that's what I'm getting. That's the sense I'm getting from his family. <clears throat> and, and, well, and then corporate and, America had to take their swipe at him too because uh, his his Twitch account got frozen because oh, they they sad. they said that he wasn't know, old that. enough. So his mom had to show that, that no, he is thirteen over or thirteen or older, which is the requirements for Twitch. So they had to do that. Um, YouTube is comments or something. There is something that got jacked up with his YouTube channel. I think that's been fixed as well, but it's just like, man, you know, <laughs> like, well, I'm just saying, hopefully thing... somebody, somebody out there, I hope they hook this kid up with a sponsorship deal or something. What I'll say is the only thing that I would worry about is yes, all this, this attention and popularity could could not be good for him if his parents aren't careful at watching it over because he's again he's 13 years old he needs his parents right. or his mother well at this his point. mother yeah his family unit whatever whatever's there yeah to, I could to have grandparents him. or something or aunts and uncles right you know? his family does need to keep him in check because he's not old enough to handle at 13 some of this stuff that might be coming his way he's made national headlines so yes that has to be. You got to be careful with that. Um, I'd be very concerned as a parent with all the attention that he's getting, and as you just mentioned, now he's getting things hacked and all that kind of stuff, and you know that that could be detrimental. But uh, just right. just to the accomplishment itself, I celebrate it. I think it was wonderful. Uh, I was I watched different versions of this happening through different YouTubers, and I've been loving all of it. So yeah, I, that, I think well, that one great... channel I forget the name, but the one I sent you that was. To me, he felt like a, one of my favorite speedrunning channels is Summoning Salt. Uh, this yes, guy does yes. these long-form videos great, on great videos. The, co- the complete breakdown and the history of a speedrun of a particular game. And um, they're fascinating. He draw, he finds, or you know, I'm assuming a lot of people help him by giving them a video, but he, he digs up all these old videos uh, all these old leaderboards and everything, and it's um, it's a very documentary style video. It's it's excellent. Well, this guy that that video I sent you, he had a similar vibe to that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and and he I was a Tetris that. player too. Yeah. Yeah. And but that kid uh, or, or young man or whatever, he he did well because that was good. He did. I enjoyed it. He did. And I'd like to. I, see I more subscribed of that from to his, his channel, channel. instantly. Yeah, yeah, I did too. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to. I'd like to see a little more from him and and uh, quite quite see uh, see how that turns out because uh, that was good stuff. So what I'll say to our audience, if you're not even if you're not into speed running, because it is kind of a, a you know a niche part of this hobby, these videos, especially from Summoning Salt, as Chris mentioned, um, are just you don't have to be involved or interested in speed running to enjoy these videos. They're that well done. It's sort of like I would tell people with like the King of Kong. I'd be like, you don't have to like video games. It's just this documentary is just so well done. It's it's an entertaining drama regardless of the the background content. So it's it's entertaining just because it's well put together, well edited and it's a good story. And that's how he makes his videos. They're very interesting. 
Yeah, um, the, yeah, the, yeah, it helps if you're interested in the hobby, of course, but you don't have to be into speedrunning to enjoy these videos. They're fascinating. Right. Going back to the Tetris guy real quick, the name of that channel is Eric ICX. He should really get a new name, but um, that's the name of that <laughs> channel. So that's that's not a great <laughs> channel name, but um, yeah, hey, whatever works. Um, but no, yeah. Summoning Salt's awesome, though, dude. Uh, real quick about him. I mean, uh, some of the videos he just did this really, I mean, the longest one he's ever done on uh, the Mike Tyson punch out uh, progression record. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't watched game. it yet, but I'm, I've been meaning to, yeah. I mean, it's like two hours, which is way longer than his normal videos, but I'm going to tell you, um, it's like a little mini documentary. I put that thing on. I enjoy I've watched it multiple times. Sometimes I just, I, like, I put it on while I was playing, just had on the background. It was, it's really I just interesting. Watched the, I just watched the Mario Brothers, what is it, 5.1 level? Yeah. That was really well, cool. Uh, some of my favorites on there is the the Ninja Gaiden progression one is really great. The Contra one's really good. The Castlevania yeah, one's really great. good. The Castlevania one was great. Um, yeah, the Super one. Mario Brothers two was really good. Uh, Super Mario Brothers three is really good. So I, you know, good. And I actually I actually <laughs> saw that Mitch uh, Mitch Flower Power. I just so happened to be tuned in one night when he set the world record. Uh, he has since broken it again, but. Um, and it was really exciting to watch, like, when you know he's getting close and the chat goes nuts. And I tell you right now, that's <laughs> another thing that, you know, uh, is just a little side thing to their community. This chat is so informed. They know exactly how, what time, what second he's on. They know. I they know. know. It's crazy. They know. They, they have know. their, I don't know if they're running their own clocks or what, but... <laughs> I mean, it, it's very impressive. Uh, it's, what it's, these... a, it's an elite group. It really yeah. is. It's, it's a niche and elite group of gamers that are, are very outside the realm of what most people would be interested in and or kind of tuned into. So right, and, and, and every just, now and then there's a cheater that gets exposed. I did just watch a long-form video on um, this uh, guy who got busted. Uh, he had the Guitar Hero um, records. And it's just, uh, the you know, it, it's so crazy that first off that he had got that far in it. He was splicing together runs and all that. And somehow he fooled a lot of people. But uh, and now he's just completely disgraced. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, yeah. and he's just ostracized from their community. But um, it doesn't seem like it's the norm. You, you're going to get a couple of cheaters. But for the most part, uh, and then the other thing is they're really good with um, their cameras. Like, you mm -hmm. know, the upper yeah. echelon. So you get the feed of the game. They show their hands so you can see them. Yeah. Yep. At the same time. So you can. And there's clock counters going on and level everywhere, counters everything, outside yeah, of the game. So, yeah. yeah. And and then they, you know, they're they're doing it through OBS or whatever. So all that is integrated with Twitch. And uh, so those timers are all built in. They got I mean, they, they got it down to a science. So, I mean, it's yeah. it's going to be really hard to fake, uh, especially like the upper tier records. I mean, you know, they're going to expose you right away. But um, for the most part, it seems like that doesn't seem to be plaguing their community too bad. What I also find interesting is, just like we talked about before, like once Blue Scooty, after 30-some years, did that kill screen, within two weeks, two other people did it too. 
Yeah. It always kind of escalates from a yep. new a, a new major accomplishment, and then they'll they'll kind of springboard off of it, and other people will start. Well, they'll I guess they'll watch his technique and they'll they'll do it themselves, and then they'll build from there, and they'll they'll try to beat that, and it just kind of goes on and on and on, and it's just so cool to see. You go back and they they think you can't do this, and next thing you know, they're doing that and then some, and just pushing it even further. So it's just really neat to see it all be driven that way. It's I just love it. It's super cool. Yeah, stuff. no, I, no, I'm I'm glad that the kid did it, and it's giving Tetris. Um, you know, it's a little moment, which is great because I mean that's when anytime I think of my my top ten NES games, Tetris is on that top ten, and even though I guess the argument can be made that it's not exclusively a Nintendo game, but that's where I played it first. Even though I probably played it on the Game Boy a little more at one point, but um, I played a lot of it on the NES, and and well, it's, that, it, it, that it truly is a perfect game. I mean, well, yeah, I tell you right now, uh, that little debate that some people—I always—I think it's more of like a, oh, you know, it's like that thing to say, right? That the Tingen version is better. No, it's not. I'm sorry, it's just not. <laughs> I don't care I, that I the, have both. has the different music. I don't care that it's a split screen. You can co-op. I don't care about that. I like going yeah. against whatever the standard is. You know, if you do well in the NES Tetris version, uh. The you know the NES version of Tetris, you're competing against everybody who's done that. You know what I mean? That's the yeah, standard, yeah. and that's that's what I prefer. I like the te- the Tengen version. It's nice. It's good. It's a fun game, but I prefer. And there is some things about it. Its presentation is a little more. Um, there's a little more bells and whistles to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, with it looks the, great. It's, a, it's yeah, got good, good the music too. Little Russian it's music. Got, I mean, it definitely it has yeah. the different songs and all that. And I, I, I could you know I could appreciate it for what it is, but. Yeah, I'll take the standard version. Plus, it's cheap. I mean, you can get it for a couple bucks. Well, speaking of that, just to cl- kind of close the story out, I sent, I'm not sure if you watched it, but I sent you another video right, you know, shortly before we started recording. And yeah, you did watch it because it was that second news um, yeah. uh, segment where he got to meet both of the creators of Tetris um, live on that. They surprised him, and both well, the, the well, guy with the, the real... It was the creator, and and it was the dude who brought it to the states, right? Yes, both the guys that were that were made. Yeah. They made that movie about and everything, right? Yeah, the one um, guy was yet, the, the, the Russian, the Russian gentleman. I I can't tell you his name, but um, the guy who actually developed the the game on his his little hobby game that he was doing at work, and yeah, and that's a whole another yep. subject. But man, you know, you don't want to. <laughs> it's funny because it's like you're. A, you know, you're uh, that belongs to Russia because you're you're an employee here and you did it at the company. So it's like, well, he's lucky yep. he didn't end yep. up in the in Siberia or something. So here's this 13 year old kid who does this amazing accomplishment, and he's on this news segment, and they surprise him, and he gets to meet the the two people behind the original Tetris game that was brought to America. So how cool is that that he gets to do that? And good on him, and. You know, he was the first to crash the game, and he, people are going to probably go past him, and he'll continue to compete. Sure. But nobody can take away this moment from him. This was nope. his first, or the first time it was ever uh, broken or crashed, and got to that free screen. And I just think it's a neat little story and place in retro gaming history that I just found 
something worth talking about, especially with <laughs> that stupid reporter making that comment and bringing that <laughs> conversation on. Yeah. You know, that was good that she said it in a way because it, it brings up this yeah, conversation, sure. which, which I think is worth having. Yeah. You know, it's not all be so opinionated. It's not, we don't have to tell everybody everything that pops into our head so we feel good about ourselves. Let's stop doing that, everybody. It, okay? it, was, a everybody weird, it be... was a weird flex by her. <laughs> like, here's this young child, and it's like, uh, man, you know, just would you say that yeah. to your – maybe she would. I don't know. Maybe that's who she is, but it's – I don't know. It's, it's strange. When well, I guess just... she's a great mother if she doesn't let her kids play video games and she forces them outside constantly. That's, yeah. that's great. It, like... Are you giving your kid a high five when, you, when he comes in the door? Right. You know, let's not be so judgmental. But anyway. Yep. <laughs> you know, I guess on that note, we'll, that, that closes out our discussion on the main topic. Do you have anything else to talk about before we close the show because we are at two hours and yeah. almost 40 minutes here. i know i think both of us need to get new airpods because both of our airpods died <laughs> yeah. um well two hours and 40 minutes of talking we'll do that i think yeah apparently. thankfully i only put one in now for this reason and now i, I switched to the other one. yeah my right so one i've, I've is learned my right my, yeah, see i used to do that but uh, my right airpod is all jacked up i don't know what happened to it so i'm probably gonna have to get a new pair yeah not cool no they're expensive do you have the pros? The, the, the yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what I got to. Well, They're you know what I'm fantastic. gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> and yeah, man. If I, I wish I would have kept my receipt. I have no idea where it's at because I could just return it to. You know, Costco's got a great return policy. As long as you bring the receipt, they take it back. Well, I don't know where the I don't know where it's at. But next time, now that I know <laughs> these AirPods wear out, I'm gonna <laughs> right. I'm gonna go ahead and keep that receipt somewhere. I'm gonna laminate it. Well, it's playoff season, Chris, and the second game has started, so we better get off of here and uh, go watch another uh, yeah, playoff well, game. Yeah, if, if you guys didn't know, the Bills won. I'm sure you'll know by the time you hear this. Local boy, Josh Allen, he grew up right around the corner from me. Almost cool. almost rushed for 100 yards as a quarterback. Dude, it's killing it. That 50, it's been a uh, – yeah. go ahead. No, that 50-yard run he did earlier for a touchdown was amazing, man. I, it was great to watch. Yeah, was that was awesome. Watch. It was, it was I mean, a great run. Yeah, that was a great run. But right now, the the Bucks are up 10-0 over the Eagles, so we'll see how that turns out. It's been a weekend yeah. of, of upsets. It really has. I mean, gosh. Not every um, game has been an upset, but, boy, the Cowboys got their doors blown oh off by gosh, the Packers. Oh, my gosh, by Green Bay. Woo. It's it's been a fun uh, late season and playoff season already. It's been really some really good games. And my Ravens obviously are in the yeah, uh, well. took the number one seed, and I'm real excited to see them play uh, this weekend. So it's great that my team is in the playoffs again. So we'll see how it all plays out. But they got a a good chance, I think. Um, Lamar yeah, they're, Jackson's they're been playing the looking... Texans. Uh, the Texans next week. Now that's that's a that's a scary up and coming team. They're they're playing real loose, yep. but. Uh, I think the Ravens are definitely, you know, the better team, well, and, they'll, and they'll probably win. But we'll see. This is the best Lamar has looked for me. I, I think he yeah. looks the most comfortable. Well, he's com- a, yeah. coming to his own. You know, he's definitely become a little more well-rounded and mature in his quarterbacking. So it's fun to see him kind of come up like that. And, and well, really kinda... you know what? And here's something to be said. A lot of times you hear people talk about these uh, entitled athletes, and you know they get paid. To, well, he got paid, and he's going out and earning the check. So. <laughs> That's right. There, there's one That's one for right. the guy who held out. You know, the guy held out. He wanted what he thought he was he was worth uh, compared to, yep. to the market. And uh, he ended up there getting it. And he gave them one of his best seasons, or at least for a team record-wise. Uh, he's rushed less, which is good because he's healthy going into the playoffs. This is like the first time I think he's been 
this healthy going into the playoffs. So, I wonder if that news journalist has anything to say about Lamar Jackson. I know he needs to play more video and... games. He needs to stop <laughs> running so much. <laughs> he's just all that waste that they running around a field. We're I mean, he's just like, around, you're not gaining anything. Throwing a ball, he's just playing a game, and yeah. what a waste of time. Why don't you, you know? get serious and you know read a book? <laughs> Become a news journalist, like a real person. Yeah, right? read like a, a teleprompter. <laughs> that's, that's how you do it. Well, on that note, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. All right, it's time for a flashback. Remember Tetris? You know, the classic video game where you try to stack the falling blocks before they reach the top of the screen. You see it right there. Well, it was created back in 1984, and for decades it was considered unbeatable. But that's not the case anymore. And why? Well, a 13-year-old, Willis Gibson, made it further than in the game even than the developers anticipated. He quite literally crashed the code. And our Valerie Castro is here with an absolute blockbuster of a story. Valerie, how did he do it? <laughs> well, Zinkley, what's maybe even more incredible that the fact that he beat this game is his reaction when he did it. You would have thought he won the lottery, but crashing Tetris took more than just luck. Oh, 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 oh my God! Oh, I pass out. Despite his over-the-top reaction, 13-year-old Willis Gibson did not pass out, but he did beat the video game Tetris, a feat thought to be nearly impossible. I can't feel my fingers. In fact, he's believed to be the first person to do so. Really excited about getting it and excited that I was the first. The middle schooler, known by the name Blue Scooty in the gaming world, made it to level 157 on the original Nintendo version of the game, strategically stacking various blocks to make them disappear, eventually triggering what gamers call a kill screen. When you do make it that far, the game just can't handle it, and it just crashes. Those original programmers are Alexei Pajitnov and Hank Rogers. Pajitnov created the game back in 1984. Rogers later helped bring it to the masses. Of course, his reaction is great. So that's like the, the epic, how can I say, the epic achievement. And, uh, but what it took for him to get there, I mean, was incredible determination. Determination that we thought was worthy of a big surprise. We do have someone that wanted to say hello to you and surprise you. Yeah, I'm Alexei Pasatnov. I'm creator of Tetris. And grats for, <laughs> for you guys to beat the program, which kind of existed for many years and, and played by hundred millions of people that's that's quite a that's quite a achievement i would say what do you think Willis? uh thank you hank do you want to go ahead and, and introduce yourself uh, yeah so my name is hank rogers uh, i'm the guy who the soviet union in 1989 met alexi to bring tetris to the rest of the world and what you've done is an amazing, amazing achievement. Now that you've crashed this game, do you think you're going to keep playing Tetris? I'm going to keep playing it because um, the competitive side of Tetris and tournaments is really cool. But there is someone who's not around to watch him play. Willis's father recently passed away, so he says this win is for him. I thought it'd be something pretty cool to dedicate it to him. He was always very supportive. And I think he'd be proud. 
Oh, wow. How cool. I'm sure he's going to remember that literally for the rest of his life. He's Valerie. a great kid, yeah. I mean, what was his secret to winning? Did he have a specific technique that he used? Yes, so I am no gamer. I'm not an expert, but he says there is a technique called rolling, and it's the way that you hold the remote control in your hands. He says he watched YouTube videos on how to do this, so that is his secret to winning. He also plays hours at a time. He plays in tournaments, but his mom says, look, he's pretty good about knowing when to put the controller down, and she says half the time he just goes out, rides his bike like any other kid. Oh, love that. I'm excited to see what this any other kid, though, becomes in the future. I'm and sure. I asked him that. I said, what, what do you, you want to be when you grow up? He said, it's too early for me to figure that out. Ah, well, it <laughs> seems like he's got a lot of stuff figured out, right. though. Mm -hmm. Valerie Castro loved this one. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. As a mother, I would just say step away from the screen, go outside, get some fresh air. Beating Tetris is not a life goal. You idiot!